What's up, everybody? Welcome to PSI Love You XOXO episode 75. I'm one of your hosts, Greg Miller, alongside the future class of video games, Blessing Adioye Jr. Three quarters of the way to 100, Greg. Hard to believe it. Hard to believe right? it. Can you believe that? Right here. It's right there. The, the, the bar is three-fourths filled in. What's the, what's the plan for 100? I saw that kind of funny X-Cast got on Aaron Greenberg and Pete Hines. Who can we get on? They just did that for the hell of it, though. That wasn't their 100. That was no, that was no episode like, spectacular. Yeah, because they don't, they, know how to, they don't know how to time things. They don't know how to go big. Idiot. But, Greg, me and you, we know how to go big. We know how to time things. Episode 100, who are we getting on the show? Well, what's 25 weeks from now? Uh, oh, that's a good question. Weeks. That's this fall from sometime. today would be Monday, December thirteenth, twenty twenty one. God, that's twenty five weeks. That no, is that right? Is that right? Yeah, we're halfway through the year. That's about right. God, that yeah, is we're ridiculous. almost ridiculous. That doesn't. I, I thought for sure I mean, we we're going to be in twenty twenty two. That's going to line up with when PSX is going to be back. And so surely okay. somebody's going to want to pop okay. up on our podcast. Okay, okay. Let's not get ahead of ourselves in the topic of the show. What? Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Before we even get there, think about it, Greg. PS, I love you, XOXO, episode 100 live from PSX. Ladies and gentlemen, First today we're we got to bring back PSX. PSX. All right, we're going to be talking all about PSX, and I do love the sound of that. I do love <laughs> right? the sound of that. Right? Right there. All right, don't worry about it. I'm not, I'm not against that. I'm, I'm happy with that. Yeah, that'd be fine. But no, like December 13th, 2021 that'll be the recording of the, that's 25 weeks from now that'll be episode 100 of ps i love you xoxo that is crazy uh the problem being of course blessing is that i, I will be a father then you know what i mean mm-hmm. so we're gonna I, have the kid on <laughs> the kid will co-host the show that's what we'll do sure. to bring on no this actually stumbles into an interesting thing here that we didn't plan at all blessing of course i uh it was going to i seemed like i might be late for the show i had to text you i had to slack you and kevin i had to be like hey i know i said 130 might be later. All hell's breaking loose. Not all hell's breaking loose, but we had, a, you know, we had a doctor's appointment. You, you, you got, when you got a pregnant wife, a lot of doctor's appointments. It turns out blessing. I didn't plan for this, okay? Mm. And so you go there, and then you, you pull into the drop, you pull into the parking lot. They call, and they're like, "Oh, we're gonna be twenty minutes late." And that's when I start going, "Oof." It, it, it's very. I feel like if a doctor tells you they're gonna be late, we are very much talking about like when a video game developer says they're working hard to hit their release date. Then you're like, yeah. "Oh, you ain't hitting that." <laughs> oh yeah, so when we're aiming for this fall. Yeah, you all exactly. We're aiming. Yeah. We have the best hopes that we can do it by then. You know, it's not gonna happen either. And so, you know, I rushed in here and I got in here, but like this is something we haven't actually addressed on any of the shows yet. Of course, thank you to the kind of funny community for being so great. Uh, obviously, since Jen and I announced uh, that Jen is pregnant and we're having a kid come this October, a boy. Uh, some people have missed that. It's gonna or have a son. Uh, come October, and so it's been a lot of celebrations, a lot of cool stuff. But we haven't actually talked about what that means for programming. Blessing, mm. Eddie Oye Junior. Uh, of course. Uh, if you didn't know, uh, having a kid, it's a life-changing event and it takes a lot of work and it does a lot of things. And so there's been a lot of discussion of what would that mean, obviously for me. And I think when we're talking about me, we're talking about my schedule with the child and actually having everything go on and, you know, what are you going to do and how do I work in there? There's a whole bunch of different things, but for paternal and maternal leave, right? What do you do with that maternity and paternity leave? And so, you know, I had a conversation with Andy about this in the post show uh, uh, of the kind of funny podcast where we announced the pregnancy. And the idea basically is like, cool. Like I'll, I'm Jen and I are just kind of going to fuck off for the year. Right. <laughs> Kid comes in October, October, November, December. That seems like a perfect thing of just taking off and then come back on for me, come back on kind of funny day and be back for that in January. But of course, 
what does that mean for programming? What does that mean for shows? And so for the most part, it doesn't mean anything, right? Like, I feel like, it, you know, there's that old uh, saying, right? Uh, uh, blessing of like, everybody's got a plan and a fight till they get punched in the face. And so like mm -hmm. the kid, we're kind of embracing the chaos of, I, I'm saying like, I'm sure I'll pop in for a show here or there. Like my, my thought is like, kind of funny podcast doesn't need me, but when I can pop in to tell, tell a story about getting pooped on or whatever, sure, why not? Mm -hmm. kind of funny games daily uh you and i have been splitting those duties since you got hired and you're killing it and crushing it and i go and host stuff now again with e3 and like everything moves on totally fine nobody's like begging for greg miller there uh gamescast we have a whole crew of people that come on and do stuff with it but then you get down here to this ps i love you xoxo show which of course uh you know our playstation podcast that we love doing for you and obviously a place that we're supposed to come together and nerd out about all things playstation and so when this kid drops and I'm up all night doing all these different things, like my hope is, of course, that kid, you know, I, I hear all they do is sleep, put it on my chest, place him back for blood, be out there having a good time. You know, nothing's going to change. I pop on the games cast. I do the review uh, for back for blood. I pop on, do whatever. Mm -hmm. You know, we'll see how it all goes. Punch in the face argument, whatever. But P.S. I love you a different beast. It relies on chemistry. Oh, yeah. Blessing at AOU Jr. You know what I mean? One of my favorite subjects. Yeah. Did, were, you, were you good chemistry. at chemistry? I actually was very bad at chemistry. I actually did, did prefer biology. But. Dude, chemistry, we got so screwed on. Because remember, of course, like for chemistry, like growing up, you see like the kids with their little fake lab coats and those little set chemistry sets. Mm. And you're like, oh, man, chemistry in school would be super awesome. Yeah, it's and about to get be a blast. There. I'm about to like explode shit. You get there, measure this, do that. Maybe you get to use a Bunsen burner. Maybe. No. I don't even, you know what I mean? And it smells weird, all the stuff they use. Yeah. Dude, anatomy no, no. was where it was at. Anatomy, you actually got to dissect shit. I remember dissecting. It wasn't frog. What the fuck did I dissect? I dissected some small animal, and it was a blast. A pig, probably a, fe a, a pig, right? I think it was a pig. A little a fetal that pig. That sounds about right. Yeah. Well. Yeah. See, this is the kind of chemistry that a normal uh, <laughs> podcast duo just couldn't keep up with. Blessing would start talking about chemistry, and they would freeze and crash. You think Snowbike Mike on here could carry this show with Blessing? No, it couldn't happen. Not at all. Couldn't happen. And so we're we're talking about what we want to do with uh, uh you know PS I love you XOXO and obviously uh, I'd love to be here and I'd love to be talking about my trophies but who knows if I'll have that much time who knows if I'll have that much focus on just PlayStation with reviews and things like that coming out and so we figured the easiest thing to do was end the show just be done with it yeah and then blessing said well no it was kind of when you hired me you kind of promised to bring the show back with me and I was like oh right so we did that so mm -hmm. the plan ladies and gentlemen is to bring in uh, a co-host for a blessing huh. Oh, I said we're fine, Blessing. No, we're keeping him. Right, no, good. no, we can't no, do good. that. We can't I'm, do that. I'm, I'm that's that's that. awesome. We can't that's do awesome. that. Oh, no, wow. We can't do that. We can't do that. So instead, what we're doing, ladies and gentlemen, is introducing a new member of PSI Love You XOXO, uh, a brand new part timer. Uh, the idea, of course, is that this person will uh, pop in with me and Blessing while we get build up to me fucking off. And then once I'm fucked off, you'll be all set with this part timer. You'll know this part timer quite well. You'll be ready to roll on and the show will continue uh, as for us. And then when we come back, I come back and everything's great. But for now, ladies and gentlemen, for the first time as an official part timer at Kind of Funny, will you please welcome the roller skating game playing Janet Garcia to this show? Hello, Janet. Yo, what's up? Good to be here. Good to be here with you. Thank you so much for coming and joining our little family in some kind of officialish capacity. You've already it been doing so, so many stuff with us. Not to laugh at the chemistry line. I'm not going to front. Um, sure. Also, who likes chemistry? That class was hard as hell. So, but yeah, I'm I'm so excited to be here. And like, it means so much. Uh, Greg, when you first reached out and first of all told me about the pregnancy, which I, I've known about this for some time, you know, we had been in conversation and holding on to this has been so difficult because so many members of both my community and 
the kind of funny community and the PS I Love You community have been like, oh, we see you there a lot. Like, what's up? And I'm like, ah, you know how it is. Like, you just well, make some I'm, content with people, keep it a casual. And it was so demand. difficult not to, yes, not to like mention this because I've been so excited about it. So when we yeah, started having to introduce you as Min Max's Jan, Jana Garcia, I was like, oh, you just wait, motherfuckers. We're going to make sure that doesn't go. You know, I'll be damned if Ben Hansen's getting any more publicity out of me. <laughs> Yeah. The dope thing about this, too, is that I remember Greg hit me up and was like, hey, how do you feel about hosting with Janet Garcia? You know, like, what would you think about her coming on PS Love You? And I was legitimately like, Greg, I've had this thought before you even came up to me. I would love <laughs> for Janet Garcia to be on PS Love You more regularly. And so this is amazing. I also love that all of us are uh, Illinois kids. We all come from yeah. Illinois. We all have that shared background. Yeah. Continuing that lineage. <laughs> the, the fine lineage <laughs> the of fine Illinois lineage. games journalists. Austin Klepek, yeah, they're everywhere. Yeah, those planes, media. super smooth. Yeah. All the corn. <laughs> the gor- all the corn. Oh, blood. man, I love it. The hot dogs, it's great. It's a good time. Yeah, and it's that thing where I've never questioned the decision. Obviously, uh, Janet, you know I adore your work and have uh, for a very long time, let alone as you've branched out this year and done all your own stuff. But uh, what was it, two nights ago when I was working on a game for a review and I was just listening to the PS I Love You I Missed because of E3? I was like, oh, okay, cool. This is going to be so good. I can't wait to make shows with you, let alone step away and uh, listen to shows with you when I'm not here. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, like when you were like, oh, I'm listening to the episode. I was like, uh, <laughs> just me and Blessing <laughs> like messing around on, on some dumb stuff. But yeah, like it was super fun. And uh, it means a lot to me to be on, on this show too, because I have like a long history with PlayStation. I know a lot of people think of me as like the Nintendo person. And that, that probably is still my, my number one for companies because I just love the company a lot. But PlayStation was the other console that like when when we to get another console like me and my brother we're like okay well one of us gets the nintendo console the other one gets the playstation one and technically like i had the playstation one it was like in my room like starting with the ps2 and a lot of my career is playstation based as well because i used to write news for a playstation based website so i did a lot of like psvr reviews and like a lot of random indies some of which were good some of which were less good so i've had a long (laughs) history with playstation uh so it's good to kind of like come back to that yeah, well, what I really appreciated, again, like knowing that we made the right call was, uh, you know, last week on the episode where you were talking about the fact that PlayStation, your PlayStation has become your de facto console. Like, that's what you're playing everything on. And I like that idea that you obviously have a story in history. You've done a whole bunch of different things. You've played a whole bunch of different things. But right now in the modern age, this is the console you're using. And so it makes perfect sense for you to come in here and uh, be blessings number two while I go worry about being a father eventually. Yeah, good luck with that. Thank you. I got it. Seems a lot harder than what me and Blessing have to do here on the show. <laughs> oh, Jamie, you never hosted a PSW before. It's difficult. It's difficult. Yeah, so, yeah man, being on the other side of the screen, like it's a whole other avenue. <laughs> <laughs> Enough about that, ladies and gentlemen. Let's start the show proper. Of course, this is PSI Love You XOXO. Each and every week, Blessing, me, and now Jana Garcia come together to nerd out about all things PlayStation. If you like that, you should go to patreon.com slash kind of funny games to be part of the show. Of course, on patreon.com slash kind of funny games, you can write in with your questions, comments, concerns, everything under the Shuhei Yoshida sun. Then, of course, you can tune in to watch us record the show live every Monday on patreon.com slash kind of funny games, just like Demetrius. Demetrius, Madeline, and Cranman 1188R. Cranman apologizes. He was late, but it's okay. We'll allow it. Uh, of course, if you have no bucks, toss our way to go over there and get the exclusive programming, support the shows, get the shows ad free, get them with the exclusive post show. We do over on patreon.com slash kind of funny games. No big deal. You can catch the show on Tuesday on youtube.com slash kind of funny games, roosterteeth.com, and podcast services around the globe each and every week of course no post show of course you get ads but 
you still get all the content you love and deserve. Uh, some housekeeping for you. Uh, number one, I know we hate them. We've already talked shit about this X-Cast crew, all right? This Snowbike Mike, this Paris Lily. <laughs> Gary Wood, he's okay. Uh, but there's a new X-Cast up right now with Aaron Greenberg and Pete Hines from, of course, Xbox and Bethesda, respectively. Uh, it's over on YouTube.com slash Games and podcast services around the globe. Fascinating conversation, obviously, about their E3 presentation, uh, about Paris Lily hosting an uh, Xbox E3 presentation, and so much more. That's the kind of funny X-Cast available now. Uh, real quick programming note for you watching this. Gamescast is going to be posting on Wednesday because of an embargo. Ryan, I got that right. I feel like that's wrong, but I think it might be right. But is it wrong? No, Thursday. I was like, wait, isn't that the normal day? Thursday, the 24th, there's an embargo. That's when uh, uh, PSI Love You, or no, uh, Gamescast is going to be posting. So heads up on that. If you're you're listening on YouTube.com slash kind of funny games or podcast servers around the globe, (laughs) be like our Patreon producers, Donovan Harkness, Omega 3, Tyler Ross, Delaney Twinning, Julian the Gluten-Free Gamer, James Hastings, and Casey Andrew, as as well as Elliot. Today, we're brought to you by ExpressVPN and HVMN, but I'll tell you about that later. For now, let's begin the show with Topic of the Show. Topic of the Show, Blessing has already talked about. He's already breached. He's already put it out there. But I asked this, should PlayStation bring back PSX? Now, Janet, now, Janet, Blessing, hold your horses. Don't jump off the bench right away to start talking about it. Let me read the article to you, all right? We're going to go over to Game Rant, where Richard Warren followed the fi- this following report. Uh, I, he bullshits around about what PSX was. Of course, PlayStation Experience, uh, the live event PlayStation did uh, in, what, 2014, 15, 16, and 17, uh, where they brought together fans, they brought together developers, they did the conferences, and they had a really great show. Uh, now, fans have a reason to believe that it could be returning, uh, with Sony filing a brand new trademark for the PlayStation Experience name. Uh, the patent was discovered by Gaming Route, and it suggests that a new PlayStation Experience is on the horizon. While Sony refiling the trademark does not guarantee an event, as it could just be saving the title for later use, it does line up with rumors of an upcoming show. With gamers having hopes for a summer state of play that is on the same level as some, of something like the PlayStation 5 Showcase, Sony using a special name for this big event could make sense. Given how popular PlayStation Experience used to be, bringing back the name could serve as a great way to build up hype. The last PlayStation Experience was in 2017, as the 2018 PSX was canceled by Sony. With the reason given being a lack of meaningful news for any of its first-party games, skipping over the event may have been wise. The company was also deep in development on the PlayStation 5, making even more sense of the decision to stay tight-lipped. Since Sony stopped doing PSX, it has relied heavily on state-of-play live streams. Uh, While these are still exciting, many fans do miss the larger yearly events making this trademark exciting. Blessing, I know you talked a bit on the one and only kind of funny games daily about this. So I'm going to turn it to Janet Garcia. Janet, do you think this is anything more than a trademark? Do you think PSX is on its way back? Yeah. The skepticism in me says that it's just a trademark. Yeah. I'm going to go optimistic. I'm going to say it's on its way back because um, of kind of what you touched on in that article, right? Where it's like, okay, it, it made sense at the time because they were gearing up for PS5. PS5 is here now. Mm-hmm. You weren't 83. We know that there are some, you know, amazing things down the pipeline for Sony. So why not have this be the time to bring this back and have this be this big, exciting thing? So, yeah, I'm going to say, why not go for it? Because they haven't, I mean, I guess they need to re-up it just to make sure they had the trademark. But, sure. you know, yeah, I feel like they're going to have an event. Why not just make it PSX? Like, it is distinct from state of play, but it's something they've done. They know how to do it. It's a proven concept. There's no reason not to bring it back. Blessing. Where are you right now? Your heart versus your head? <laughs> Where do you think this one shakes out? 
Uh, my head says this is just just a trademark, like Janet mentioned. But my heart is in an interesting place because this this article proposes it as something that is different from PSXs we've gotten in the past, right? It talks about how coming off of E3, there have been rumors of an upcoming PlayStation State of Play or State of Play-like event where it is, let's have a big presentation where we talk about big upcoming games, do reveals and all this stuff, something that's more akin to the PS5 presentations that we got last year, which I think naming that PSX would be a very interesting move. I wouldn't love it because I do like the idea of what PSX has been. And I think there's potential for that to come back in some form. Um, because, you know, they go back to PlayStation uh, uh, canceled PSX in 2018, with the reason being a lack of meaningful news for any of his first party games. I think we're getting back to a place where PlayStation is going to have a lot to say about his first party games now that, we're, now that we have the PS5. And mm -hmm. now that we have a lot of studios that... Uh, I believe have a lot to say, right? Like you have sure. you have Sony Santa Monica with God of War Ragnarok. You have, you know, Horizon Forbidden West. We still want to learn more about that. I know that's slated for this fall. And depending on where you put a PSX, that could miss it or it could become before it. But that's that's I think a further conversation. But then you have a lot of things like the partnered studios. You have secret project projects we don't know about. We have Last of Us factions. We have plenty we can dive into, in terms of what could be shown off in a place in a PlayStation experience, and in terms of what Sony likes to do, which is have their own moment to shine and not be associated with something like an E3 or be part of like PlayStation. Li PlayStation is down to be part of something like uh, uh, Summer Sorry, Games Fest Kickoff Live or the Game Awards, right? But PlayStation as well really likes to have their own voice and have their own thing and treat themselves like a premium product. And I'd say PlayStation Experience is a premium event. I love PlayStation Experience when I went in 2017. It was such a fantastic time. And I know for PlayStation, it's a lot of work to do. But now that you have things to say, now that you have projects, projects that you're working on, now that you have PlayStation VR 2, which is reportedly coming out in fall Holiday 2022. Holiday of 2022, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like, I think there's a, there's a lot there in terms of what a PSX can be and its usefulness in terms of showing things off. But I want that to be a actual physical event this convention type thing as opposed to a big showcase i think if you're gonna have a big showcase either call it a state of play or call it something different let me read from the actual patent itself because i do think you know uh here over on game rant doing the gaming uh route news they're con I, I think they're conflating two different things so there's this rumor that there's going to be a july state of play basically right that that they were originally reporting on and then expanding out i don't think that these are related because here's how the patent reads all right under identification well, two two things of identification the short version of identification on the patent reads like this organizing promoting and conducting exhibitions and conferences for commercial purposes Long identification reads like this. Arranging, organizing, conducting exhibitions and conferences in the fields of entertainment and video games for non-business purposes and non-commercial purposes. Arranging and organizing online shows featuring video game playing and news, entertainment services, namely live performances featuring video game playing and news, educational services, namely conducting conferences, meeting and network events for professionals and consumers in the field of gaming, entertainment services in the nature of providing news and information on current events and gaming via the internet, web internet website podcasts webcasts webisodes blogs and videos so again it seems like an actual event right it seems like obviously both of them of live streaming it having all this stuff out there but it does talk about networking it does talk about consumers and uh, uh com non-commercial commercial people coming together and doing this kind of thing and so for me it's a fascinating conversation because in my heart of hearts of course i want psx back psx was my favorite show and of course 
that is i'm playing you know with a curve on that right of like you cover playstation your entire career and then suddenly there's a conference just built around playstation let alone the fact that it was built around playstation and built around playstation supporting developers where like you want to talk about like the love shown to the developers as you walk that show floor them getting to talk to fans them giving out their cards you know until dawn's live demo on the psx stage where everybody went bonkers for it and got to see what that game really was like those are memories i cherish let alone the fact of doing you know beyond and then P- uh, ps i love you xoxo live at psx i love psx i want ps back psx back with all my heart I cannot let myself for a moment believe this is real, that this is an actual thing going on. And I think it's such a fascinating conversation as to why, right? Uh, I put up on the, of course, patreon.com slash kind of funny games. You can write in to be part of the show. And this morning I put up like, what would you want to see from a PSX? And I think uh, Ryan here starts it off. Uh, Ryan Talby starts it off very interesting, right? Outside of the obvious announcements, parentheses, exclusive reveals of PSX game, or P- PlayStation games, I would love to see some personality come back to PlayStation. Jim Ryan has about the same depressing charisma as Deacon St. John. Damn. <laughs> Jesus. But he, like, stick with me because that's Double very cutting, right? It's very cutting, <laughs> but it is, it walks You know, depending in line on how you felt about Days Gone, that might be so bad. You know, it's like it's some people like it, some oh, no, people man. don't. Jim it, Ryan's a feeling. Like a badass probably could take on joel in a fight he's just out there killing people these fucking motherfuckers you know i was right about that you know that i was right that deacon would give him a spike and a baseball bat and just let him run wild (laughs) but it 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 goes right into my head argument against my heart of why psx isn't coming back at least not it may be one I, i fully believe one day there will be a psx again I don't believe that this trademark is hinting that come this December, there's going to be a PSX because I just don't think that's what this PlayStation is. This would be such a night and day flip for PlayStation. It's what we've talked about so many times in the show, bless, right? Of like in the personality race, PlayStation doesn't have that anymore. Like they, they've moved away from putting out uh Shu and geo and even Mark Cerny to a degree and uh, Andrew house and Sean Layden, Jack Trenton, like, you remember when these people came out and commanded the stage and that's what they did. And state of plays have put the games front and center. And even the final few E3 presentations did that as well. And so for PS PlayStation to now be, it's what we always talk about killing it, dominating it, doing so well as a brand. Yes. There is the enthusiast press podcast media side. All of us that are like, man, Look out for Phil Spencer. Look out for what Xbox is doing. Look out for Game Pass. Like they are making pro gamer decisions and they are doing these different things. Like that's all stuff we see, but until that affects the bottom line, I don't see PlayStation doing this. Am I wrong, Blessing? Yeah, I don't think you're wrong. I do think there is, we can get into the House of Cards conversation of at what point is that, what what is the last thing that'll start to make things topple in the way that ps2 was the best-selling console of all time and then you get into the ps3 and that becomes more of a battle between the 360 and the ps3 in terms of sales and the 360 was taking it away towards the beginning like at what point does that start to happen with this xbox versus playstation quote-unquote i guess like commercial battle and you know we talk about game pass we talk about personalities we talk about all these things but you're right in in terms of the fact of the matter is that right now the bottom line for playstation is fine they're selling out playstation 5s left and right like they couldn't playstation couldn't be doing worse if they tried to in terms of sales uh and i guess the question is like when does that flip when does personalities begin to begin to start needing to be a thing because people uh want something to grab onto and identify in terms of oh this is the playstation brand oh these are the talking heads oh these are the people we can look to in terms of carrying the flag for playstation when does that start to matter and i think it'll start to matter at some point whether it's 
immediately i think the answer is no which is why i'm right i'm right there with you in terms of psx probably not going to come back this year but i do think further in the generation it might start to become become a thing um more and more as things around as the competition shifts and things do become way more about personalities and services and all these things i think there has to be a turning point at some point and that's probably going to come later than sooner uh right now but I think you want to get ahead of that turning point, though, if they're really trying to be proactive, like you'd want to catch that before, you know, the shoe ends up dropping. So I think we will see, you know, personality come to light sooner. Not, I don't want to say sooner rather than later and go to completely opposite. But I don't think it'll be pay placings and drowning. And now they're like, oh, welcome to the stage. And then kind of bring out all this personality, especially because you have to grow that over time. I think one place we might see personality develop with PlayStation is through studio acquisitions and having some of those people like with state of play you talk about it being focused on the games but it's also focused on like you know inherently then developers who make those games like i think i could see some of those people come to the forefront and really start to be what we associate with the playstation 5 as far as like psx though i think the biggest thing that's working against it is the fact that like covid you know i mean that's still a thing like Mm -hmm. it it has gotten better especially like in the united states you know with vaccinations like being uh, certainly really available in some areas like here in california the mask mandates are somewhat lifted like there are places where you can go and you don't need a mask if you're vaccinated based on the honor system which i am also skeptical of i'm sure no know, one's um, lying no one's talking about things you can't guarantee but I, I think you know being one of if they did have psx in december that would be one of the first like more so in person i think gaming things to really come out and i don't know if they want to be the first one out that door because i'm guessing it's going to be a little sloppy and it's going to be less powerful than it could have been. Like, I think there will be people who will say I would have gone to PSX, but I'm not going to because of this reason. So I think just to avoid that, maybe they'll reel back in. But at the same time, it would be such a great time to show up with Horizon, you know, coming out, hopefully holiday, maybe question mark, you know, God of War down the line and all these other things. I mean, with I know we, we usually associate PSX with December, but with PlayStation not appearing at E3 and with all the things you just mentioned, Janet, like what if PSX is a summer 2022 thing where that is far enough to where you've had PAX, PAX East happen, you've had uh, a few other things here and there happen in terms of I'm sure GDC and other uh, events will happen in terms of in-person uh, demos and all that shit. What if it is like a, hey, this is our E3. We're not going to show up at E3. And so July 2022 is when you're going to get our event, which is in person, show up, demo all these games and all that. Yeah, I think I can see that happening. That's a, a pretty good timeline, too, to sort of give everything a chance to be reconfigured. And then I'm guessing that probably puts God of War at like a better spot, at least, because I don't sure. think they have like a lot, you know, a, if they had PSX now in December or even like if we want to conflate the two rumors and say like in the summer, like that's not a lot of time for stuff we don't already know is going down. So it, putting it a little bit later gives that element of surprise. And I think it te- it would tee up the fall nicely because that's the thing. The PSX has always landed in, in this interesting place because I feel like for at least for me, before I was I started going to PSX, the physical event, I always saw PSX as a, okay, cool, let's see what announcements are coming up. And December always feels like this weird place because you're kind of competing with the Game Awards and then it is, you're also like, cool, we're going to talk about the next year, but, you know, fall is when, is when we look forward to the big stuff. And so I think it could make sense, especially if you're doing demos and kiosks and all that stuff to have that happen uh, mid-summer so that going into the fall, you have this, you have more momentum. You have people talking about getting hands-on with God of War and maybe some some of the other games and you can have it make sense that way see i think it's a, a, a mashup of everything where i think 
and I do think they found success again. I get that's where the, my every one of my arguments and counter arguments will come back to in this conversation, right? Is the fact that why would they get in the way of themselves, right? Like, if for better or worse, PlayStation 4 crushed it and PlayStation 5 is crushing it right now, so I just don't see them rocking the boat. And so, that's my thing of like, I think that there has to be people at PlayStation who are like, we are fucking bigger than E3. And that obviously was them oh, pulling yeah. out of E3, but I also think that is them being like, we do not need to do our event in the summer. Like, why not do it in December? Why not like ride in tandem with Jeff and Game Awards, especially because Jeff and PlayStation are so tight too, where it is such a, it is to an extent an untapped market, right? Because there aren't other things happening. Like the whole reason we did the game showcase, the first ever kind of funny game showcase was that idea of like, we had all gotten in this rhythm of like, oh, okay, cool. Everybody stay away from the game awards and PSX. That'll be its own thing. That'll end the year. It'll be a fun thing to go celebrate. And so when it wasn't there, wanting to give, you know, avenues to developers to talk about their games, like there is an avenue there and there is a hunger there that and it speaks to what place what makes psx so experienced uh, so uh, special so experienced <laughs> psx so experienced uh <laughs> what makes it so special right is the fact that it's a show for people who want to hear from developers and want to see developers and want to hear more about their games like when i went back or we're gonna get into a whole segment here in a second where i went back and you know skimmed through all the different press conferences and like there's awesome moments in there and there are huge announcements in there, but the majority of them are like, here's a deeper look. Here's a closer look. Let's get into this thing. Even the last PSX, right, was panels and talking in terms of it. They didn't even have a real like press conference. It was originally Sean Layden, right? And then they brought it like Corey and Hideo and everybody else out there with Sid. And then the second half was me talking to Sean and stuff like that. Like they really focused that in a different way. That is a more modern like Paxi way than what PSX was before it. But I think that if you were going to bring it back, like, and especially in if you're trying to do this, let's say, because we're about to get into the whole uh, kit and caboodle conversation of like, what if it is happening, right? Like, I would definitely stick to December. I would definitely keep it around Game Awards. And I understand 100%, especially right now, being like, oh, but COVID, right? But like, every day it gets better. And every day it becomes less and less. Like, I flew on a plane for the first time, right? Like, last week for or two weeks ago now for E3. And it's that idea of like, if you would have asked me in February, was I going to be on a plane this year? I'd be like, oof, man, maybe maybe in October, maybe November, maybe something for the holidays. But like, I feel like we, the vaccine here in the United States got going so fast that people are and like, even I remember how crazy it was like, oh, well, man, even when they do lift restrictions, I'm not taking my mask off. I'm not doing that thing. And then when we were out, like, you know, June 15th here in California, California reopened for business. You didn't have to. And I remember, uh, you know, walking into the restaurant the other day and being like, oh, nobody's wearing a mask and taking it off and just being being maskless and it was like this is fucking weird this is tripping me out right now after a year and a half of like panic but like all it takes is those little steps and i think that you know at a, a summer game fest right or yeah summer game fest right jeff announced that they'll be back in person for game awards like that's something that's happening yeah, in december off. they'll be back and so like if they're already saying that like it's very again head versus heart thing it's very forward looking it's very much like jeff is being very bullish of hey we're gonna do this because i PlayStation not one to bet usually <laughs> like I that's why I don't see them actually being like yeah let's do this and let's push it but I could see it I don't think it will but I could see it yeah I mean in a way for me kind of going back to the article and making the argument for the article and what it's talking about in terms of conflating the two things in a summer event and PlayStation sure. experience I can see I, I can see the argument either way in terms of sticking with December and doing all the things you just said, right? And aligning yourself with Game Awards and all that stuff. And then also being like, hey, fuck E3, we're gonna have our own E3 in, in the summer. And you know, if if all this lines up and if I am taking the side of the article, I could see the argument to this July, 
we'll do a PlayStation experience, digital only, and it will be this big presentation that we make the biggest deal out of. We, we announce all this shit. We talk yeah. about Horizon Forbidden West. We give a date on it. We talk about Abandoned really being a real Kojima game. We talk about The Last of Us Factions. <laughs> reveal, reveal that. That is, man, that is a joke for the shelf life of like in. four days now. <laughs> oh, yeah. Somebody's listening to this on Saturday, and they're like, what the fuck is he talking? We just, we know what Abandoned is now. Um, but I could see them in a July being like, hey, let's make PlayStation Experience the biggest deal, and then next year we have it again in the summer, and that's when we do open up the doors and have it be this big thing and return to PlayStation Experience and have it be this thing of um, the messaging for it be like, look forward to the fall. And we always talk about the big games we have coming in the fall with teases toward the next year, but have it be basically the the ramp up. Because right now what uh, the competition has versus what PlayStation has is like, uh, to say blatantly, right, Xbox and Switch, they have big games with dates on them. I know we have God of War for for PlayStation. We have Horizon Forbidden West, which we're looking forward to for the fall. But the amount of games, especially on the Xbox side, in terms of, cool, Starfield has a date on it for next year. Um, Redfall has has a date on it for next year. Halo Infinite is coming this fall. Like You have a bunch of shit that's laid out in, the way, in a way that is a bit clearer in terms of what we've seen from these games and what we know about these games and the the month-to-month schedule of Game Pass and all this shit, that feels way more clear than what PlayStation has laid out. And I think part of that comes back to the fact that they spoke during the summer, during this time where it is E3. You know, E3 is that time where where uh, publishers will lay out the argument for the next year, year and a half or so. And PlayStation just isn't part of has removed themselves from being part of that conversation. And I think there's still some power in being part of that summer conversation. And what is the next year for you look like? Sure. I hear you, but I think it's also that thing of like PSX coming back. Doesn't eliminate state of plays. Like I think they can still be, I still mm-hmm. think there is a state of play this summer, right? From PlayStation talking more probably about what maybe giving you a, at the end, a, a confirmed one or the other horizon release date or whatever, but also then there are other games and other partnerships and things that are working on and stuff like that. The end of state of play is there's a PSX. That's yeah, exactly. Oh man, I pop huge tickets are available now. Let's go. Let's get out there. Go back to Anaheim. Do you feel like affordable place to do connections? Is do do you have a cap in terms of your expectation when PlayStation announces that they do have a state of play? Because I think that's the interesting thing to get into when we talk about this is a showcase, this is a presentation, this is a state of play. Because state of play, and I think that again that goes back to. I think that goes back to what you're talking about too of like. All right, we're going to do a digital PlayStation experience this week or this week, this summer. And then, you know, we'll do next year a big one or whatever. You know, they're just do a digital one and then do a live one. I think you can't do that. If I learned anything from Tim Gettys, the master of hype, right? Like you need to actually have, you only get one shot to shoot that. And so, I mean, saying Mm -hmm. PSX was back or is back, I think would be such a huge, like, holy shit, that would put into so many people's minds, like, this is bigger than a state of play. This is going to be so much. And I think you'd want to build up to that live event it, for the energy in that room. Cause yeah. I, I, bless. How many did you go to for PSXs? Only one. Hey, which one was it? The last one? Yeah. So yeah, you guys had me, you had me talking, right? I was just up there talking to people for to kick it off. Right. Like oh, yeah. that fucking press conference, dude, when they did them, you know, for the first three years was electric electric that room was so awesome because it was you know e3 used to be when there was press conferences right this mashup of cool it's people there for their jobs it's people there who are going to sell the games and then you know over time fans started coming and you know being there more and more but there's always that push and pull between is this professional or is this consumer and so for psx to be full-blown consumer as shit like it was ridiculous the amount of energy in that room and have people feed off that and feed off of each other until i have a cap for state of play like state of play 
they've gotten better and like i thought the horizon one was a really fun zag where it's like okay deep dive into this one game i think they like knocked it out of the park with we're just showing gameplay and now we're going to do you know commentary over that and i think they structured that really well and that was probably one of it may just be recent ui and bias but that was one of my like favorites of recent ones they've done where i'm like oh this was like i knew what i was coming in for and what i was coming in for was exciting and it was done well and i walked away and i don't think anyone was too bummed other than that like lack of release date that really stuck sure. out but other than that it's like oh this was nice but usually like when sony started those state of plays it was like a deer learning to walk it was real like <laughs> it was real rough because there's such a formula with that with the nintendo directs now i'm not gonna front like there are some really weak directs like i watched oh, some yeah. awful directs but the highs of those are incredibly high like they rival e3 and i don't think sony has really had a state of play that has reached that kind of high so for that reason when there are states of state of plays i am looking forward to them but i'm never really expecting them to blow my mind with it i think they also have had different ways of dispensing information while like nintendo very much just sticks to the directs every now and then they'll just tweet something out but usually they just have it via the directs versus like playstation also has like the blog they're randomly like it's it's vr day and i'm like okay hey guys, we're talk about seven indies today all right okay it's tuesday for the next three hours i'm like sure i'm just reading all these articles yeah exactly right so because they have it that way which i'm not saying it's necessarily a bad way like i actually love that like the playstation blog is like so fire like that's like i'm like there have been weeks where that's my most visited website because there's just so much information it's so detailed but because of the way they structure those things like the state of play does have a cap to me and i think psx would be well above that cap at that e3 level so here's my question then i agree with you that state of play has a cap in terms of excitement and you say they haven't done something to rival an e3 direct right to package that if for as a soundbite for people you're specifically talking about how like look at like nintendo's direct from e3 right where it's like banger 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 holy shit announcement a bunch of cool shit holy shit announcement like where it's like playstation will be like here's a state of play about the last of us and last of us part two it looks rad and we're excited to see it but it's it's one game versus a lot from a direct right yeah that yeah. well that and like specifically there have been directs outside of e3 that have also been really strong and really surprising like i don't really you know write them all down like this was the best one like ever or anything so i don't have like a specific date but yeah, there, there have been there was the one that, that had are smash fire. brothers ultimate at the end of it and I, I don't believe that was an e3 direct i think that was just a random spring direct yeah they'll just it. bring it on a random tuesday in a oh, way sure, that yeah, like yeah. now they're also bring you like a lot of weakness on a random tuesday too like i am constantly mm -hmm. ready to be disappointed uh, as a nintendo fan so i'm not saying that they're you know you always amazing feel, full stop do you still feel yes. that way because i i definitely yeah. Definitely remember, like I, you know, not being a Nintendo fan, not being a hater either, but like not being into it. And IGN directs of watching, be like, oh my god, this is awful. And even kind of funny watching Nintendo directs, be like, this is awful. But I feel like Switch, they turned a corner that really did become like, I'm not expecting to be heartbroken. I'm not expecting to see Tim head and hands like that was the worst thing ever anymore, which I saw multiple times. I think it comes like on and off for me because like like a lot of companies, there are up years and down years based on like what sure. your development cycle looks like and what games you have out. And then also, of course, personal taste always plays a role where like, I'm sure there are people who are like, I don't care about Luigi's Mansion. And I'm like, that's a travesty. People. Like it's the best. Right, right here. <laughs> None of those people are here on this call. And that's what's important. Um, but yeah, like I think there have been ones, you know, the Switch has been phenomenal, but like, not that this is a Nintendo podcast, but you know, like there are times where there's not just as much exciting stuff and you kind of yeah. know that I going mean, in. I, but I yeah. saw people during this last E3 Direct be like, oh, this, this thing was a D, this thing was a C, C minus. And it's Outrageous. like, and I, I think it's just a thing where Nintendo games will speak to different people in different ways, where the big thing from the Nintendo Direct was a little bit uh, of a glimpse of 
uh, Breath of the Wild 2 gameplay and a date for 2022. And but I do think, it, like, in terms of the big, big stuff. One element, you know, we all, all of us, you know, and all of us here have different tastes in games and things that excite us from like PlayStation or whatever the side is. But I think the thing that we have to remember that when it comes to like having a good conference, having a good state of play, having a good PSX, there are still games that transcend like people's personal preferences. Like even yeah. like if you were someone that like, for instance, I actually haven't still haven't gotten around to like play through, you know, Horizon in its entirety. But I know that's like a big deal. You know what I mean? Like I acknowledge that. Show. I know it's too late now. You can't go back. It's already in the contract. Just yeah, kidding. I didn't beat Horizon. It was, it was, it was just a flat podcast. You're fine. <laughs> but um, I have these Jack and Daxter collections here. Like it's fine. It's yeah, I'm you, you, you've earned your cred. You've earned your cred. <laughs> right. I did not stand in a digital queue in limited run games to to be questioned. But um, in all seriousness, like there are things that are like still just cut across the board fire. Um, and I think that's the difference between having like a phenomenal conference and one that is good slash debatable. Sure. Like, you know, there's not anyone who would tell you, who would scoff at Breath of the Wild, even if they, you know, weren't into it. Same oh, with I Horizon, didn't. same with God of War. Like those are like surefire, interesting pieces from like big marquee studios. So I think that's, if they brought that at PSX or a state of play, that's really what takes it from being up for debate to you can't really say this wasn't a good presentation. Yeah. yeah, and when we talk about like the cap, you know, my my thing more so is right now during quote unquote E3 E3 season, Summer Games Fest season, where we just E3's got in? a big old E E3s and yeah, we just got a big old Nintendo Direct, we got a big old Xbox game showcase. We've been getting these big presentations. We're about, get, we're about to get EA Play. If PlayStation came out and they were like, hey, we're doing a forty minute PlayStation State of Play uh, in July, I would be excited for it, but I wouldn't necessarily be like all right, we're about to see some shit. They're about to like bring yeah. out the big dogs. I would be like, cool, this is going to be another state of play. And I love state of plays. But, you know, you look at last year, they had the PlayStation 5 reveal event presentation and then the PlayStation 5 showcase. I think that's, those are what those two events were called, the one in June and, the, and then the one in fall. And them just branding those differently. It's something outside of state of play. I think totally. it did so much in terms of us being like, all right, we're all going to sit down. We're going to react to this. We're going to do our predictions. Our predictions were all big predictions. You know, I think a PlayStation experience could be that um, or something else. You know, I don't know if I don't think it necessarily has to be PlayStation experience because I think, Greg, to your point, right, holding that for what we know PlayStation experience to be, you know, which is this fan thing, consumer thing, having to be an event, a physical thing that you show up to and celebrate PlayStation could still be strong on its own. And you could still have something called PlayStation showcase or PlayStation game showcase in 2021 in the in the summer or fall. That still gives us that level of love hype to know that this is big right this is bigger than a state of play this is a thing that everybody should tune into yeah and i think that's exactly why i don't see them taking the psx playstation experience nomenclature and reapplying it to something else making a digital event doing whatever because i think there's a million ways you could do that a different way that wouldn't come with the baggage this comes with right because again i wrote in right of like what do you want to see at a psx and so many of these explanations are talking about what we know psx to be so if it was just a digital event be like man like there's there's one in here that i thought was interesting it's from chair well there are a lot of them are interesting but in terms of where we are right now chair wrote into patreon.com slash kind of funny games just like you can it said i want a session similar to what paris hosted for xbox shout out to paris uh sony has games like horizon and god of war lined up already with uh, more hopefully to be announced soon give us some FaceTime with the devs to talk about their works even if they can't show them just yet 
Gameplay and CGI trailers are cool, but having discussions with people who make the games themselves is truly unique. PlayStation has such a reputation of being robotic. Let people get a look at the people who make the things we love. And again, that's more in line with what the final play PSX was, where it was so much talking outside of actually going through and having the big, uh, big budget showcase and having it go crazy. I'd be interested to see what that would reflect onto because psx you know is or at least the infancy when we were in vegas i remember was like here's the big direct and then here are here's the show floor and then there are panel rooms that you could go off and get stuff and i really feel like no matter what i would be shocked because no matter how whatever happens uh, when they come back i would be interested to see what the format actually looks like and what they're doing because i do i'd always heard from third-party sources never from somebody at the top of psx or playstation i get but like always the rumor was right that I'm like these things are a bitch to make and they're not making money and so it is that thing of like they're putting all this work into this thing all this time into this thing all this main manpower and brain power into making this thing how do you make it worth your actual time and i think if they peeled off certain things or you know front-loaded other things you could get it out of the way of that but i still don't see how you do it and again like the intrinsic value here is well no it, it can be a lost leader as they call right where it's like think of like kind of funny live which doesn't make us money right usually costs us a lot of money but it's amazing to get everybody together and have this bonding experience and show what makes us different and that was what psx was for playstation where it was like cool everybody's here and they've got playstation tattoos and they're excited to go listen to troy baker talk about whatever troy baker's gonna do like that's awesome for building a fan base and really it was always for me capitalizing on the trials and tribulations of the ps3 era that were then met with the successes of the playstation 4 like you had this audience like why beyond was such a movement back in the day right of like people who were listening to this podcast because it was the, one of the few podcasts being like hey look there's plenty wrong with the playstation but here's what we enjoy about it as well and then that grew into a, a, a console and a brand that was being super successful and they grew together and so to have that those kind of celebrations were huge and again then you get back to well, what bigger way to celebrate than it's been three, four years since PSX and we're coming off of a pandemic where you haven't been able to see anybody, right? Uh, I, Brandon K. Gone wrote, wrote into patreon.com slash kind of funny games and said the most important thing for PSX, I want to see my friends. I was never able to attend to PSX and since uh, I haven't seen my friends since PAX East 2020, 2019 and kind of funny live three before that, I just want a reason for us all to gather around something we all care about. Totally get that and totally agree with that but it just sounds like such an Xbox move now. I just don't yeah. see PlayStation being like, you know what? Let's throw a I'll big party to celebrate how great PlayStation is and all the nostalgia and all the things. We won't make money off of it. And Jim Ryan will come out and talk to the people. It's like, wait, what? No. I would love it so much, though, if they did. That's the thing that sucks is I think totally. all of us here would be like, oh, let's fucking go. If if they did announce a, hey, we're doing a game showcase. We're getting a Greg Miller or we're getting a Jeff Keighley to sit down with our developers to talk about stray you know y'all we know we know plenty of people are excited about stray let's have them let's have somebody uh interview the stray folks cool now we got the folks from keena bridges spears cool as the big wrap up here's the team from god of war ragnarok bring out cory barlow okay talk to cory barlock for a good 15 minutes about where god of war has been and what his thoughts are and where god of war is going in the next one i think that would do so much in terms of you know i like 
the Lost Leader thing is a very interesting thing, right? Because I don't think that would necessarily sell more copies of a God of War. It might sell a few more copies of Astray or Akina, but I think it does so much in terms of strengthening the core of the fan base, right? Getting people yeah. passionate about this thing, right? Make people make, turn, turn. That's what turns audience into fans, right? In my opinion, being able to connect connect with them and give them something to follow and give them something to tune into. I think that's super important for building up that core and. You know that's missing without PSX, and I, I, I think it it could really come back and be dope. But again, is it? You know, that's the question. Probably not. Well, yeah, we. It's, but maybe it's, that's the thing. There's hope. I, I, you hope you see it right, but that that's what it was such a, God, a weird, perfect storm of like you know I will never forget, and I put PSX in the back half of this. Stick with me. You know that PlayStation Four February event where they came out, and I remember being interviewed. We were at an IGN. Coco, the content conference. And I got interviewed by USA Today uh, reacting to what they had announced at the PlayStation 4 thing. And I was like, you have to understand, I've covered PlayStation a long time. And I always say what I think they should do, and then they never do it. This is the first time where they did, they're doing everything I would think they should do. And PSX was part of that. Of It is like, guess what, motherfucker? Like, we're PlayStation. We've been around for more than 20 years, Twenty, depending on which PSX we're talking about. And, like, there is a nostalgia here, and there is a history, and there is a family. We want to make sure people understand that they're a part of that. And over time you've seen that hardening go back to a more you know iconic siloed it's a company and it's a brand and like xbox is the one i think that you see more and more now again coming out of a i think it's very similar to what i was talking about with ps3 generation into playstation 4 coming out of a generation where you got your teeth kicked in where everyone talks shit about every choice your console manufacturer made and but game pass is a great thing and you you bond to that and now you have all these different exclusives all these different studios running away with it like I wish PlayStation still was celebrating that it was PlayStation. And I know there's the gear shop and I agree. The PlayStation blog's awesome. I think the blogcast is awesome too. Like there's avenues for it, but it just doesn't feel as front facing anymore. It's like, that is a big deal for them taking care of their community that way. Maybe it's just what I think though. However, lady gentlemen, let's put it all aside. Let's say, PSX is back and it's back this December 2021. Jeff Keighley's going to oh, do the Game Awards. No. Then we're going to go straight it. over to PSX. All right. It's the same deal. It's going to be uh, Game Awards in LA, uh, LA Live, then PSX in Anaheim. We'll do the same road trip. We'll stop off at Polite Provisions in San Diego, do a kind of funny holiday party with everybody. It'll be fantastic. But what I want to do is double down on what you guys did last week. Again, great episode of PS. I love you. I love you guys talking about what you'd like to see at E3 if PlayStation would have gone or how you would have done it. But at the very end, you were like, Man, we should have filmed this. We should have done this. We should have like actually planned it. So rather than just come in with batshit crazy ideas, I, I came in with talking points. All right, I want to know. I'm gonna list it out. So uh, you can play at home, ladies and gentlemen. You can pause the podcast if you're driving a semi trailer truck across the country. Pull over to the side. Pause it there. All right. Uh, so what I want to know is what your opening demo of PSX 20. 2021 would be i want to know what your star indie game of 2021 would be i want to know what your crowd pleasing moment of 2021 would be and then i want to know what your closing trailer for 2021 would be again i went through yesterday skimmed through all the psx's so i could give you examples right so opening demo obviously you're going to get the hype montage the countdown clock the hype montage it all goes black rating pending pops up if you remember 2014 and 2015 were uncharted 4 among thieves demo that started up and again the electricity in the fucking room when Nate sat next, sat down next to Sam and he's like, tell me about your adventures. And the choice popped up of which game you want to talk about. We all went crazy for. Uh, and then 2016, of course, was Uncharted Lost Legacy. The one where we went all the way through, right? And then she took off the veil and we're like, oh my God, it's Nate and Chloe. Oh my God. So I want to know, Janet Garcia, 
Yeah. Well, what would your opening demo for 2021 be? And these, uh, for the record, I know usually we give more. This is you can be as realistic or as highfalutin and fancy. This is top. This is your wish list. It's whatever you want to do with it. Ooh. Okay. I, I'm still going to stick a little bit to realism, but I did take some creative liberties later uh, that I'm sure we'll get to. But okay. I'm going to go uh, Final Fantasy VII Remake Part Two. Uh, that's your realistic are... one that's your more yes. realistic pick yes. okay yeah well okay so it's realism with like a little bit of lime right like it has to have like a little a little twist to it a little zag but okay. here's the thing hear me out we had integrate right i don't think anyone was really expecting that it was still i still think it's a weird choice given that it's dlc to part of a series that's a game so at this point i feel like all logic's out the window why okay. not have it there they only need a little bit of a slice i feel like integrate does show that they're you know it, it's at the forefront of development i would i'm sure they have something for part two just just a little piece it's just a demo i think they are far enough in that they would have that that it wouldn't be crazy and i think it would conjure up a lot of excitement um okay, a lot yeah. of people had that as their game of the year so i think that would be hype enough to to put in there and i think it has it does that great double work of being something super exciting to people who are already fans, but also an easy jump in point for people that maybe haven't dipped into it yet. Or they're like, oh, I got like turned off with the fact that it was also it was on PS Plus. So like that already has a little bit of that getting people on board. So this just kind of furthers and doubles down on that Final Fantasy seven hype. So that is my semi-realistic demo prediction. They have nothing to show this game yet. They got they got pl- they got they, they got, got stuff. They, they were worried about Yuffie's tail, her fighting stuff. the Wu-Tang Clan. They, they were too, too busy with that. It's too much stuff. Yeah, whatever, whatever. Blessing, what's your opening opening demo for PSX opening 2021? Demo. What's a better way to speak to the audience, the PlayStation audience, than finally reveal the Last of Us Factions? All right, we open it yep. up. You don't even say what it is. All right, you do oh, like but the I'm whole unrealistic. Okay, opens Factions up. Wait, wait, no, way no. further along than no. Final Fantasy VII Part Two. <laughs> The last of those factions is gonna come out someday. Um, and that's one that's more <laughs> realistic for an opening demo. <laughs> but like it, here's the thing, right? You you open up PlayStation or PSX, the presentation, you do the whole uh montage of different PlayStation games, the Horizon, God of War, Ghost of Shima, the whole the whole crew. Everything goes black. You open up, do a do a a crossfade, all right, from black, open up, and it's just it's straight gameplay immediately you are behind cover you are and it's very obviously it's the last of us being for us we're like what the fuck is this this looks like the last of us boy this you're not playing as ellie sure. um you're playing as some some random schmuck you are in the, <clears throat> in the heat of battle uh and then all of a sudden you hear like you you hear like a or no you see the icon for like a ping right and you hear the character call out like a ping call out be like they're to the left they're to the left enemy to the left and be, and everybody's like wait is this what we think it is and then you get a, like a few more minutes of gameplay and then it's revealed last of factions coming 2022 that's how you open Something, it up and bless you, you i like know, it I know add you a guitar though oh sure, oh, for sure. gustavo's yeah, playing you, in the middle yeah, of it yeah you got to <laughs> you gustavo's on the stage playing guitar as the game does happening in the in the screen i love it surprisingly we haven't talked you know we talk about factions and the fact that of where is it of course it's happening yada 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 but have you thought more about how they're going to break it up plus like because my thought would be like in, obviously i'm speaking a bit out of turn as someone who did not uh, did not get deep into factions with last of us it was never my jam but mm-hmm. like piggybacking off last of us too we actually have factions right so is, do you think it's going to be that there would be the wolves there would be the seraphites there would be the fireflies oh. and they would have like different weapons and different like abilities. And that's what we're picking and playing as. 
I think that would be a really smart way to do it if they want to if they want to lead into the 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 lore of Last of Us Part Two. Then yes, that's how you do it. But part of me wonders if they may if they may just want to have it be a hey, this is the Last of Us. Sure. It doesn't have to be set in Seattle. It doesn't have to be set in any specific location. This is just the Last of Us factions, and so I could see them doing even new new um, I guess quote unquote factions for it, where it is. Maybe they do have the Seraphites, or maybe it is people we've never heard of, or maybe it is the Fireflies, or maybe it is the Wolves. Um, but I think, they'll, I think they'll find a way to break it up in that way. I think that'll be the smart thing to do, especially with the way they've talked about it, or the way we've seen uh, the, job, the job listings talk about uh, you know, looking for somebody to work on the in-game market, looking for all these things. It seems like they're trying to make it a bigger thing. And with that, I think you got to find a smart way to keep people involved and find ways to shake things up and and find different ways for people to play and i think that would be the way to do it okay i think you're both dreaming too big i think that uh psx 2021 december right would open with horizon forbidden west i think that the game is officially the game that's already out no 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 oh man it's been a pandemic you're not getting this game this year at least in my 2021 psx prediction you heard it here before I think the game gets pushed in the early, you know, like a September-ish or an August, August. Hey, we're just not going to make where we wanted to be. And so it gets pushed, which is sad. But then PSX gets to be the big demo, uh, the surprising demo. I loved what we saw at State of Play for Horizon, of course. I'm all in on Horizon. I loved Horizon uh, Zero Dawn, right? But even watching it, it is that thing of like, oh, man, it looks better. And it's doing the stuff. But it still looks like Horizon. I, I really do feel there has to be something in this game that does not, is gonna we're gonna look at go what the fuck wow this is awesome this is so crazy Mm -hmm. and i feel like that is what you could do here to open the show whatever you're doing what'd you say it's a co-op co-op i mean there it is right that's a tease forever right yeah (laughs) like i think i think you open with that that is the hey get you hyped for this spring game that's coming more imminently and again it's another chance to deeper dive something to look at there that's that's what i would i think they're gonna end up doing Hmm. now the next one I put out here was Star Indie. Again, for me, Indies are such a huge part of PSX. And they are for Wit. Wit wrote in patreon.com slash games and said, what does he want to see? Indies. While everyone loves the big banger announcements, I am always more interested in seeing what Indies are on the big stage. PSX 2016 showed off the gems that were Pyre, Next Machina, Absolver, What Remains of Eve Finch, and Let It Die, among others. While we know that PlayStation sort of sidelined indies towards the end of last gen, the PS5 reveal showcase demonstrated a renewed dedication to indie games. I would love for PSX to cement indie uh, PlayStation indies and the work of Shuhei Yoshida and Greg Rice as a pillar of the PS5 ecosystem. Well said, Wit, and that's why I jump back to what I think the star indie, the breakout indie, and I put it for me 2014. I put uh, Drinkbox and Severed. They talked about it there. Drinkbox has been uh, such a huge uh, PlayStation uh, developer as uh, supporter since the Pub Fund. Of course, yes, they have turned their back on PlayStation now and signed one of them Xbox Game Pass deals for Nobody Saves the World. It's a heartbreaker to see that they're dead to us. We will never speak of them again on this show. But for this one, what I would say in a similar vein would be Jet the Far Shore. Jet the Far Shore, of course, a game we've heard about. We know it's from Super Brothers. We know it's uh, it's been what since the first PlayStation or not the first, but that, the one where it was Kena and all the other indies in Bug Snacks, right? It was mentioned there, but slipped out of that PlayStation launch window, and then it's been relatively all quiet on the Western front up until this 
past uh, what two weeks ago when edge magazine had a cover story on jet but jet wasn't featured of course being a, so tied to playstation on any of the e3 showcases or anything like that so clearly this game's far enough along to get a cover story and it's it's you know i i have their website pulled up right and it still just says jet the far shore is fixing to deploy on playstation and pc in 2021 the fact that we don't have a date yet or any more information makes me think probably not probably going to slide to 2022 and i think this would be a great place to really debut footage of it really be like hey guess what or if it's happened before then because of course who knows what's going to happen with state of plays and everything else uh double down on it and really be the one that sells you on what jet the far shore is and i think it'll you know it's space we saw how much everybody fucking loved no man's sky another game that was it made a big splash at psx we'll see what happens blessing eddie oye who would you have as your star indie uh the one i would have would be season uh, if you remember, Season was the one that debuted at the Game Awards. Kevin, I put a link into assets for the trailer. It was the one with a really cool art style that had almost like a, you know, like a Studio Ghibli feel to ah, it. Yeah, very yeah, serene, yeah, yeah. very chill. And it was th- basically this game about archaeology and getting to know the world and all this stuff. It, it comes from Scavenger Studios, who also did Darren Project yes. um, back in the day. And I really liked Darren Project, but the world didn't. And so the, the Scar- Darren Project <laughs> got shut down and went away. Um, but this is this is their next title, and it looks really cool. I know a lot of people liked it from uh, Game Awards. And right now it's sitting as a um, uh, Steam and PlayStation 5 exclusive. And so it would make a lot of sense for PlayStation, based on that, to adopt it as a PlayStation indie because... You know, a lot of people are into it. PlayStation 5 console exclusive currently. Uh, uh, and I think it would be a really cool thing to kind of showcase this game, what the gameplay actually looks like on a play, on a PlayStation experience stage. The one thing I will say is that this studio, uh, I believe somewhere, sometime earlier in the year, came, uh, came down on some controversy. Yeah. That was a little bit messy. And I think that would probably be the thing where uh, if PlayStation was putting together a state of play or a PlayStation experience, they'd probably look at that and be like, uh, we'll see. Yeah, we'll we'll look at I was literally also thinking of that. I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah. Yeah, which is kind of which is really a bummer actually, but the game itself looks cool and I think would fit uh, aesthetically and in, in terms of what the reception has been for it so far in a PlayStation experience presentation. It's PlayStation's Pokemon Snap, right? Because it's a photography element too, and like documenting yes. the world, right? I'm making that up. Okay. No, you're not. You're yeah, it looks yeah, really I, good. I, I... Go ahead. Oh well, see, I have the blurb here, right? From Steam, it writes: uh, "Close your eyes, take a deep breath, and let yourself be carried away by the great journey of Season, a third-person atmospheric adventure bicycle road trip game. Explore the world through the eyes of a young woman. Collect artifacts and memories before a mysterious cataclysm washes everything away." Hell yeah! Yeah, I'm down for yeah. it. That sounds great, Janet. What would your standout breakout star in DB? Uh, I guess where the theme is indies that we heard about and then haven't heard about again, because I'm going with Stray. Uh, It's the game where you play as a cat. I don't think I need to say anything else. Y'all already know what it is because that's how hyped it is. Uh, It looks really beautiful. It sort of has like this like neo-futuristic look to it. Um, And it just sort of hits like, you know, I think we see a lot of games about cats, you know, cat cafes or like simulation games. And it's clearly like a beloved animal and like a very explored topic in game development, especially from the indie side. But I think what really got a lot of people was the aesthetic and also the exploration angle, like the idea of traversing and exploring and like being in a city and really getting to, I think, spend time in a place because 
like one beef I have with a lot of games is we're often in these really interesting environments, but you can't really do anything in them. You're like walking mm. by really cool stores. You're like going down, you know, hallways, but you're ultimately just going from point A to point B and not really spending time. I think, you know, the stills and the videos of like the cat sitting at the, you know, the, the ramen shop and the bar. It's like, I want to be that cat. And I know y'all want to be that cat too. And Sony knows y'all want to be that cat. So they're going to show this cat game off. The only thing that I think could maybe throw like a, a ripple in this or if that's the right word is the fact that Annapurna is having a showcase pretty soon and a lot of people were like is that going to be there because they published that game yeah. but you know I think we saw like so little of it and we still don't know much about it in terms of timeline that I could see this even if it is an Annapurna thing having like a multiple appearance thing where maybe we you know get a little bit more from them, the Annapurna showcase but at PlayStation is when we really get like the, you know, the release date or the fact that it's going to be like a PS Plus game or something that really has that wow factor of, OK, you know, Sony's here and they're stepping up support of indies and they're showing out for indies in a really big way. Hell yeah, that'd make a lot of sense. Yeah, and that'd be the fuck yeah, is that's huh? I don't know. We're going to find out at Where PSX it? if it exists. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, P- PSX 2021. Be a lot of this imagined event. <laughs> It'd be crazy. Uh, By the way, okay, Greg, you should know. I just got a notification on my phone on Instagram, and it was somebody commenting on one of my posts saying, "Get an iPhone." Yeah. Somebody, you know, I've been meaning to, to say PS, that to you, you for, for some like time. I'm glad ago. they finally said it. Um, I have that thought every time uh, I talk to you. The green bubbles, get out of here! Yeah, yeah. Kevin, yeah. Green. Boom, Enjoy Kevin. Boom, Kevin. Boom, it just feels no, no, no. it is such an amazing Boom. Boom. Kevin, I'm with Kevin. Boo, no one cares Apple though. Products. Like no one. It, Android's always like, oh, it's so great. No one cares. Nobody ca- You know why I don't defend the I iPhone? Because the iPhone speaks for itself, baby. I ain't got to defend the iPhone. It is all, it is out there in the streets. I've never once bragged about my Android. It's because there's nothing yeah, to brag have- about. It sucks. It's One, you know yes. I mean? like, Two, it's like to- you don't have to. You don't have to talk about having Android because it, it cuts through my phone anytime I text you with that, those damn green bubbles flooding. Oh my God, the, you guys are trying to do stuff. Fault. That you is Apple's like stuff fault. And I'm they like, put that feature in there. Legitimately, that's true. They, they make it more difficult to, to talk to Android people so you complain. Good job being yeah. Apple's little toy. <laughs> hey, man, I got the watch. I'm all in. I'm all in and I have no shame for it. They make damn good products. Hell yeah, that's right. Do you know your steps? Maybe, maybe not. You have no way of knowing. You don't have the technology. Um, unless you have a Fitbit or literally any other device that does that or your actual phone. Kevin had a smartphone and it, or smartwatch and it never worked. You know what I mean? Now he carries a pocket watch, like a train conductor. That's rough. Blessing's just counting the steps me. manually. I mean, yeah. I'm like, well, well it takes up a huge chunk of this day. Well, I got a I got a big old smartphone in my pocket. Why am I wearing an Apple Watch? You know, like oh, you, you can ignore watch? people, look at your texts like that. You can talk to so Siri if you want. So it's a it's a device to get me less off the other device that they also sold me. That's the trick. Yeah. Okay, exactly. so you can stop yeah, staring I mean, at one screen and look at the also. Like, there's a walkie-talkie function in this, and like, so we got this is like so like not related. We got uh, Apple watches for Christmas. Like my boyfriend had bought like me and like my family and like Apple watches. So and we like all live together. So like I can walkie-talkie my brother, and um, even though I like. What I did beat Days Gone. I spent like eighty hours in it, right in the guide. It was it was a. I spent a lot of time in Days Gone. I did not roll credits, but um, I we always say Deacon out when we're done on the walkie talkie, and that's worth it for this alone. Also, there's my PlayStation tie-in for this Apple Watch. Do you ever call him Boozer? Um, I don't think Booze. so. Though I used to call Lucy O'Brien. Like I would, I would like slack her or talk to her in real life and be like, "Booze, man." <laughs> uh, she loved that. Obviously, couldn't get enough. 
Blessing, you don't understand this because you still haven't played Days Gone because you stink. Dude, I'm really two and a half. You have to. That game sucks. Like I need you to have experience this. Like finished it. She didn't finish it. Blessing, no, but like, about this. you need to know. We've you need to know worse, what we all have known. We've never made a worse decision than making that the book club. And I told you not to listen May. to Nick Verge. I said very clearly we're being baited into this 50 hour game that never the fucking trees ends. do look good. The trees do look the amount, good. The amount of games that immediately came out after we decided that was going to yeah. be the book club devastated me. And then also the fact that I tried playing it for a couple hours and I was like, I'm not enjoying my time playing this game currently. Ooh, I'm I got bad news it. if you're not enjoying the first few hours. So that was like my favorite part. <laughs> I was like, the melee combat's really good. Like genuinely, it's got like a nice like crack to it. That's true. Yes. But then you realize, of course, that the game just can't. If you run at a character and nobody else shoots you, and you can just melee everybody, there's no. Oh, use that's it. the best plot. Like, like but that one, it's like, oh, I'm sneaking around. Oh, it's up, and I was like, there he is, and like everybody's got your guns. Like, it lends God. itself so this, well like, to Jank's stealth, though. That's the beauty of it. Where it's like, okay, let me be stealthy. Oh, I failed. Like that was so much of my, uh, you know, I think people get mad at this comparison, but my last of us one playthrough was so much of that because the AI wasn't like super smart. It's a pretty old game by like modern standards. So like a lot of it was like, wow, this is a really sad, serious time. But it's just me like throwing balls, have cocktails in open air, like no cover, just vibes. Um, yeah, that's a good time. <laughs> all right. So now let's move on to your, your crowd pleasing moment. Of course, you can define this however you see. But for me personally, I always jump to 2014 and the Until Dawn demo where it was everybody in the crowd screaming. And I remember the, the, the joy on Supermassive's face as they toyed around with which direction they should run or what they should do. Other ones I tossed on the rundown were 2016 uh, when they announced the Patapon remaster and the local Roco remasters. Those got a big pop from the PlayStation community. Uh, 2017, you saw something similar with the Detroit Become Human demo. Janet, we ended with you on Stray. Let's begin with you here. What was your crowd-pleasing moment be? So my more realistic one would just be like a trailer for god of war just because we've seen so we've sure. only seen the logo and we don't even know what it is but my more pie in the sky one would be something with the jack and daxter anniversary um mm. whether it's like you know any way of streamlining those games to be on ps5 it could be another it could be a remake because they've already done the hd collection on ps3 so i don't think they would just like remaster them again um it could be something really crazy like a fourth game and you just get the logo I don't think that's going to happen, but if it did, like, this would be the time to do it, given the anniversary. We also know that, like, PlayStation and Sony clearly does have a love and respect for Jack and Daxter, uh, both in, like, yes, Easter eggs we've seen. Um, yes. And as, uh, too, like, that, what was that conference? The one with the, the weird shadow people? You know, y'all remember Super Technical? Like, it was, like, the PS5 tech demo, right? Where they had, like, the shadow oh, figures in the yeah. front. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The one I always just think Cerny. of it as the shadow people. Yes. Like they showed, what did they show? A map of Haven City when they were talking about the design. They could have picked anything. They picked that. I feel like, you know, it's 20th anniversary. Now's the time to do it. Um, and I don't know, it could be like a series of things. It could just be like little Easter egg things. It could be a merch thing. It could be a remake. It could just be a number of, of different stuff. But I think it'd be a really good to way to just like celebrate the history of PlayStation in a huge way. So that's my card okay. moment. You know, you and I connect on Jack and Daxter. I love that series. And so, yeah, I'm right there with you. But if we can do a quick pullover, put the e pull up the e-brake, put on the flashers and have a quick conversation. First off, this podcast is going great. Good job, Janet. We're glad you're here. Blessing. Can you fucking, and this is a spoiler for Ratchet and Clank, everybody. We're doing a spoiler for Ratchet and Clank, everybody. It's not like a uh, story no, spoiler no. for Ratchet, Ratchet and Clank. I know what you're about to say. This oh, is something we yeah. haven't discussed on the fucking air yet. And God <laughs> Just fucking damn it. 
God fucking damn it. No. Can you believe that for like nine months I've been predicting that the ratchet would use the portals to open up and we'd see Jack and Daxter and it's fucking Sly Cooper. It, I was so no. goddamn close. Greg, Fuck. I saw a screenshot and I don't know if it's real or not, but I did see a screenshot of Jack and Daxter in the game coming in the game through the rhino gun, which is the thing. I'm not confirmed this. I cannot confirm nor deny whether I this also is saw facts. that screenshot. But I don't know if that's but, real. Okay, I didn't know what to make of it. Because I saw it and I was like, I gotta send this to nobody. Because nobody can know about, about Greg getting this correct. If this is indeed real. Oh. I'm on Polygon.com from June That's 10th. legit. That's uh, legit. E3. Ratchet and Clank, Rift Apart's coolest gun weaponizes PlayStation cameos. Uh, and the very first Ratchet and Clank. Well, no, the Rhinos. This is still more spoilers, obviously. Uh, begin the, the Rhino Eight is something enti- else entirely different. Um, players can pick up the Rhino Eight until the game's story over, uh, and then they'll get it free. Rhino Eight summons items from other dimensions, slams them into the ground, and creates a purple shockwave that destroys anything nearby. Some of these objects are from Rift Apart's world, like the big dinosaur spaceship, but other objects are from different dimensions. Dimensions uh, Sony fans might be familiar with. It's got Ratchet and Clank 2016, Horizon Zero Dawn. Uh, Jack and Daxter. Okay, there it is. Yeah, the Rhino Eight can, can summon Jack from Jack and Daxter, albeit the adult version from Jack Two and Jack Three. He crashes into the ground and stands around a bit before returning to his dimension. Daxter, Jack's orange loudmouth companion, doesn't make an appearance. Now, how does that line up with your prediction? Because your prediction was that they'd be going through the rifts and they would, for a second, I mean, it works. Jack and Daxter I mean, it, universe, it, right? 100% crushes exactly what I'm talking about, but I don't. Count it's it. still a rift. It's just not the rift. I don't count it. I don't count it because, like, what I okay. was talking about is very much the actual Easter eggs for Sly Cooper, right? Where there's the the uh, Lombax diaries you're finding that mention uh, a raccoon and yada. It's like, oh man, like that's what I was expect. I was expecting more of a tie-in like that, even though this is awesome. Mm-hmm. And I can't believe I missed this because I saw them joking around about it. But yeah, having the Uncharted uh, Jeep there, having the Song of the Deep ship there, hell yeah! All right, I'll take it. But uh, yeah, I, I don't count that. I, I can't take that. That's not what I meant. But I cool. appreciate it. You know what? And we'll also, since everybody's there. We'll call that one a tie, we'll we'll really one a tie. huh? Because I think I, I think I will call it a tie. Because I think what okay. I said when we were doing this was that there will be no trace of Jack and Daxter. I think those okay. are those might have been my exact words. And so nobody owes anybody difference. a piece on this. Yeah, one. yeah, we're All splitting right. a difference. We'll shake hands on that one and call it a day. That's where that's what we'll do there. Um, while we're calling it a day, I still have. Uh, why you know what? Here's what I'm gonna no, yeah, let's do it here. Uh, uh you can go to patreon.com slash kind of funny games to be part of the show, like everybody else who's written in, but you can also go there, of course, to get it with the post show we do each and every weekday. And guess what? You can go to patreon.com slash kind of funny games to get the show ad free. But guess what, Jack? You didn't go there, you're watching it somewhere else. Maybe it's on YouTube, maybe you're listening on a podcast, wherever you are. Thank you. But for now, let's have a word from our sponsor. This podcast is brought to you by Express VPN, ladies and gentlemen. Did you know? that Netflix and a bunch of the other digital services you could be using have different content in different regions. And if you're not in that region, like I'm over here in the United States, I can't see what's happening over on Netflix UK, right? Ah, that is until ExpressVPN gets in there. ExpressVPN lets you change your online location so you can control where you want Netflix to think you're located. It's like some spy stuff, right? Like you just want it to think you're in Japan. You want it to think that you're in England. You want it to think that you're in Canada. You go in and use the ExpressVPN app, you set that, and guess what? Netflix looks at it and is like, oh, this guy's in Canada or Japan or the UK. This is great. This is easy. Uh, they have almost 100 different server locations, so you can gain access to thousands of new shows. This works. 
with many other streaming services too, the BBC iPlayer, YouTube, and more. YouTube, very helpful, let me tell you. Of course, why do we know so much about ExpressVPN? Because the one, the only, Cool Greg Geddes uses this. Of course, Cool Greg loves his cartoons. He loves watching stuff on Netflix. And when he ran out of cartoons, he needed this subscription to go see what was happening in other countries. And he's still watching cartoons to this day. So you should be like, Cool Greg, watch some cool cartoons. Uh, why choose ExpressVPN over the other VPNs? I'm glad you asked. Uh, blazing fast speeds, you can stream in HD with zero buffering. It's compatible with all your devices, phones, laptops, media consoles, smart TVs, and more, and it encrypts your data. ExpressVPN has the added benefit of encrypting your data so you can browse the web securely. And a personal bullet point I'll throw in, ExpressVPN has been supporting Kinda Funny for years. So if you are in the market for a uh, VPN, you know, you wanna keep all your information uh, secret and safe. You wanna keep uh, the apps not knowing where you are, ExpressVPN VPN has been good to us, so we should be good to them. So be smart. Stop paying full price for streaming services and only getting an access to a fraction of their content. Get your money's worth at expressvpn.com slash kindoffunny. Don't forget to use our link, expressvpn.com slash kindoffunny to get an extra three months of ExpressVPN for free. Our next sponsor, why, ladies and gentlemen, it is HVMN. If you didn't know, sitting at your desk and reaching for that sugar-loaded latte or that sweet and quote-unquote healthy snack bar, that's terrible. It's loaded with sugar. You don't want that. Take a small step to improve your day and avoid the sugar crash by mixing in some keto powder with your coffee or trying HVMN keto. I always want to say keto. Keto food bars. How do we know about HVMN? Because the one and only Big Kev Dog uses this. That's right. Uh, he ordered a whole bunch and he's been snacking on those and enjoying them quite a bit. And of course, Paul likes it because he's not eating garbage because, you know, Big Kev Dog would eat out of the trash if you gave him the chance. But HVMN, it's not that. Uh, trying to lose a little weight, sleep a little better, or not feel so groggy during the day. Health via modern nutrition can help you do all those things with a few small keto-friendly choices to improve your metabolism throughout the day. HVMN is a nutrition company that takes the mystery out of counting macros. They're results-driven, modern nutrition for modern lifestyles with less sugar than their competitors. Their products uh, provide lifestyle and habit upgrades that help their customers become healthier and better versions of themselves. By using real organic ingredients, HVMN has made keto and lifestyle improvements easy with healthy and low sugar options that are great for you and deliciously satisfying. HVMN offers single items like MCT oil, keto food bars, and keto collagen powder, or you can grab a kit that includes all the essentials for an everyday discount. Whether you're curious about keto, want to improve your performance, lose weight, or boost brain and body wellness, HVMN will have a non-intimidating solution for you and in tasty flavors. Right now, HVMN is offering our listeners an additional 10% off your first order when you go to HVMN.com slash kindoffunny. Embrace healthy living today, just like Kevin did at Paul's request. Go to HVMN.com slash kindoffunny for 10% off your first order. That's HVMN.com slash kindoffunny for 10% off. Yeah. All right, so, Blessing, uh, what's your crowd-pleasing moment? My crowd-pleasing moment. Uh, free Returnal DLC. Returnal is a fantastic uh, PlayStation 5 game. Came oh, out yes. of nowhere. When I say nowhere, I mean from the minds of Housemark. Uh, we all played <laughs> it. We no all one's heard it. of. <laughs> Nobody's heard of Housemark. Uh, and yeah, I think you come out, you announce a new biome, uh, you announce new weapons, uh, and then the big thing, the big jaw-dropper, they're adding in a new co-op mode to make it play almost like That would like be a really cool. Of- yeah, play make it play like Risk of Rain 2, because Risk of Rain 2 is like the game that I feel like it influenced so much of what Returnal is. In that game, people love the co-op in that game. And I think there's there could be a, a lot of great potential for co-op in Returnal. And you call it Returnal Variants and you release it for free. 
Oh, and yeah. you have the name? <laughs> oh, yeah, I even made a name, Returnal Variant. Is that the first name I... you thought of? Yes, but I've also been watching okay. a lot of Loki, which is where I came up with that. Yeah, I, yeah, I just realized, yeah. like, you just... Just pulling from other 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 places. No, I like that. I think the co-op thing is such a smart idea too, especially. And it reminds me of like what Ghost did with with its DLC. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, Ghost uh, Ghost of Stream of Legends has influenced so many of my predictions for what we're gonna get from future PlayStation <laughs> stuff. Because now, whenever I think of Horizon Zero Dawn or Horizon Forbidden West, I think about what if they did add co-op? Because co-op was so good in Ghost of Tsushima Legends, and and yeah, that game has now made made me hunger for more co-op modes. And if I can take it up like one that. notch off your variance idea, right? Because obviously, you know, Returnal, you're recycling the same character, reliving the same thing. I think it would be cool to add this mode, and so you are both the same character, right? And so you work it together, and whenever you you beat the big boss, whatever it is for this DLC, then it's like there can be only one, and you have to fight each other. Oh, that'd be cool. To see who actually makes it out of the loop and goes on with their life or whatever. Yeah, that would make it. That would make it like a PVE thing and a PVP thing, and give it more replayability that way. That's smart. Uh, for my crowd pleasing moment, it would be that there are more PS5s in stock uh, around the world starting today, but everyone here gets first dibs on one. And you get like some kind of redemption code that you can go to at whatever website and, and enter it in. Like maybe it's like for the next 24 hours this code will be good for everybody in the room to go try to get it into it because you know how many people are going to be there not that many in the grand scheme of things to go that way and it would be completely that is like the most pie in the sky thing i probably have on this fucking list because that is course, way less realistic than final fantasy crowd- 7 remake part 2 i'm gonna throw it out there you cannot drag remake part 2 the sequel <laughs> deluxe when ps5 no like there's gonna well i'm just saying this it's not like you're great. getting it for free you're still spending the money it would be great, but like, oh my god! And then I also like this gave me flashbacks. PS Five right there. Look, right yeah, well, a new car. Um, and it looks like the PS Five. I would, man. Some I miss. Uh, I miss event. My thing is, three, my but, thing is calling you know. this a, a crowd pleaser, because it. I couldn't imagine watching this on a stream, and it's <laughs> we're now we're now in, in late 2021. I've been trying to get my hands on a PlayStation Five for over a year now, and you're telling me that you're getting all the people in the audiences PlayStation Fives? I wanted to book, to book a I flight I said they're getting first dibs. My they're getting first crack at it. Well, Give me a PS fucking five. <laughs> there's PS Fives going up on all, they're going out to partners. There's also, more doing it. You can do it here. I promise that this fake, because um, this isn't, you know, this is just us talking. <laughs> this fake like redemption thing would also fail. We're going to see so many articles across the internet of like, oh, people are saying the code's not working and da da da. Like, it's totally. going to be such like. People are selling their voucher for a PS5. Yeah, oh my God. They yes, already, like, because they already own PS5s, which is why they're yes, at PSX. That is so, like, I, I see so many beautiful problems with this <laughs> now i almost want it to happen but i do think you bring up a, an important point which is you know the lack of ps5s is like hella awkward especially like you know talking about psx being about community and celebration i think so many playstation fans right now are like you know unintentionally ostracized from the community because they totally. can't buy this new thing like so i've had so much fun having a ps5 over like the last what has it been like a, a year has it been a Nine year already months? only oh man time's moving like slow and fast at the same time i can't handle it but it's been really cool just getting like you know there haven't been that many like exclusives but even just the dual sense i think changed up so much for people and also it's just like again i always talk about consoles like the reason i'm a console player and not on pc besides the fact that like greg i don't want to sit here for my entire life uh, even though i'm here a lot drag as y'all will see drag me in right like it's just too and they're like, oh, you can plug it into your TV. I'm not going to. Are you going to come and run these wires? I trip over, bust my shit. You're not. Um, but the one thing I love about consoles is it does have that 
culture. It's that mark of time. It's that moment. It's that those associations. It's having it there. It's swap the changing of the guard when you get a new one. And I think so many people are missing out on that, that even though there's no way in hell that would happen, in, it's like double twice removed, unrealistic. But it, I think it actually would be a crowd, crowd pleaser because it is such a pain not to be able to buy something that you want as a fan of it's like so weird and so unique to like this mm-hmm. moment in time yeah yeah it's it's a bizarre thing that you still can't get it and then to be talking about like how do you serve a fan base right and then also what's the encouragement of making a playstation 5 exclusive right now or trying to go through and make that game right when you can't even things are still so locked down and it's a crazy thing of like i take i mean i take it for granted right because i have the playstation 5 and so many of my friends do but then i'll see the random thing of people who are our friends online <laughs> talking about not having it still and be like, Oh my God. Like, yeah, that's still a thing. That's, that's ridiculous. There's a person what? revving their car in front of my street. I don't know if you guys can hear that. Yeah, I can actually. Is it my oh, crazy? They're so loud. I usually never hear people in the street. That's a loud ass car. Good for All me. right. Then to close this out, I want to talk about the closing trailer for PSX 2021. All right. And I will start way more realistically. And I will say the closing trailer would be God of war Ragnarok. I'm pulling this out of the same way of uh, 2016. You know, the closing trailer was The Last of Us Part Two, and everybody lost their fucking minds, right? That's how they ended it. That was the killer way. I think, again, if you're coming back and you're calling this PSX and you're doing this fucking huge thing, you have to end on a high note and you have to actually crush it. Because before it's been like Destiny, it was drawn to death. There's a whole bunch of different stuff going on in there. I think this would be the way to fucking come back and be like, all right, cool. And the final thing is something from our friends at Sony Santa Monica. And our first look at Ragnarok. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Blessing. I like it. I like it. Yeah. But what if you held what if you held Ragnarok and revealed that at Game Awards instead and made that the big thing? And then at PSX, you come through, you do the interviews, you do all that bullshit. Uh have you have Greg Miller talk to, to Corey Barlog Damn, about he's, God of he's not pulling punches. All right. <laughs> for, for 15 minutes. Uh and then instead to end your big PlayStation experience presentation. You got to remember, we're speaking to the audience. We're, we're speaking to the fans. We're, th- we're speaking to the PlayStation faithful with the PlayStation experience presentation. Uh, and so for the last 10 minutes, let's talk about VR. All right. PlayStation VR 2 is coming. We know so many of you guys loved PlayStation VR 1. It was, it, it, it's a lot of you guys' uh, favorite PlayStation VR, or his favorite VR peripheral because the library is so strong with hits such as Blood and Truth and Astrobot Rescue Mission. Let's talk about some of the lineup we got uh, for PSVR 2. You know, as PlayStation, you reveal some bangers. You reveal that maybe Medium Molecule is working on something. You reveal that maybe um, uh, uh, Pixel Opus is working on something. And then you close out. You know, at the at the end of this lineup of PlayStation VR 2 banger titles, you close out with a trailer for Astrobot Rescue Mission 2. People get hype. And the, the hook here is, because I know what you're thinking, right? Okay, Astrobot Rescue Mission, fantastic game. People are gonna get excited for that, but that's the that's the VR audience. The way you expand that is by revealing that Astrobot Rescue Mission 2, the hook is that each of the worlds in Astrobot Rescue Mission 2 correlates with a different PlayStation IP. And so there are six worlds. You got a world that is Ghost of Tsushima. You got a world that is Spider-Man. You got a world that is Last of Us, Rise of Zero Dawn, Uncharted, and God of War. Basically capitalizing on what we loved about Astro's Playroom, which is the PlayStation references, the nostalgia, all that stuff. You take that and, and turn it into a full game with full-fledged explorable lands that are themed after some of your favorite PlayStation franchises of the last generation. Boom. Do you worry? And it's a great idea. It's a great idea. Don't get me wrong. But do you Not worry something. about... I don't want to say cheapening it, but boxing in the Astrobot brand. Like, I feel like we're to the point that Astrobot needs to break out and show that it can be more than just in references to PlayStation. 
I feel like they've already boxed it in. I think we've already hit that point. It's too late. <laughs> You're like, double in. down on the boxes. Just bring down all the boxes in the warehouse. And just... Yeah, that's, that's my thing is double and triple down on the boxes. Because, like, the, I think the boxes, the boxing down of Astrobot is, is weirdly what people kind of like the most about it. Astrobot Rescue Mission on PSVR 1 was dope as fuck because it was the showcase of what PSVR can do. And it was the best showcase of it, which made it so impressive and made it so cool is that they found different ways to use PSVR. Astro's Playroom, kind of a similar thing with the DualSense, but they added in all these references that we loved and adored that Astrobot would play off of and all. Astrobot, for me, almost reminds me a little bit of Kirby in a way where in Smash Brothers, Kirby is that character that can sure. suck in other characters and turn into Love that. Love sucking in, guys. Love sucking in. Um, you can turn Astrobot into that and make Astrobot the celebration of all your other all, all your other franchises and you use that to strengthen that brand and 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 get people who might not be into vr or might not be into astrobot as a pure platformer you get them in that way um and then you also give uh uh team a sobi i always think mix up with sobo is that what <laughs> greg what's really happening? passionate about astrobot rescue mission they're like we'll be damned if you box us in. was that an entire bookcase <laughs> so there's a <laughs> <laughs> off to my left uh there's the the hallway here the stairs up up the hallway here and over the weekend i had been hanging uh pictures and one of them was that i did the stud finder and i was like eh, eh, like oh man there's like you know electricity back there or whatever and i was like oh and i was like this command hook seems strong enough and ladies and gentlemen the command hook was not strong enough <laughs> You heard it here. That first. was the longest fall I've ever heard in my life. It was. Wait, I'm confused. Did only one picture? Oh, the picture fell oh, all the way down the stairs. Much up there. Only one happened? of them was actually uh, done with a command hook. But while I'm here, let me once again thank Nanobiologist for sending me this se- this uh, <laughs> self frame from the Super oh, Friends, cool. which now hangs in my house, or well, it did hang in my house before it fell down the stairs. So to be clear, okay, so it was one thing that fell down a lot of stairs multiple stairs lots of stairs gotcha. yeah yeah in my head it was a bookshelf that i don't know how like every single book fell out of that bookshelf one by one that's what my ears heard josh he says at least the frame is okay yeah this thing took it like a champ it's fine maybe maybe a bit dinged up here but nothing a, a magic eraser or a sharpie can't fix that was yeah, so crazy i no longer have any fears of anything happening now while i'm recording after hearing that noise where it's like let's just i'm like let's just talk through it, it my favorite happen. my favorite was uh, uh it was a, it's now I, I shared it on that day when roger craig smith announced that he was like leaving the sonic thing which then he wasn't leaving sonic after all but i shared an interview i did with him that was a patreon exclusive and literally at that in, in that interview it's like the I, f- I feel one of my smoothest slash worst interview moments of all time where i had like a 32 ounce shakespeare's glass which doesn't make sense if you're not from missouri it doesn't matter i had a big cup of water and i knocked it over talking to him and spilled it entirely onto myself all over my crotch and i didn't miss a beat talking to him i was like mid-question i'm like whoa, 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 blah, 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 blah. And there's, i'm just soaked in wet and he's like yeah before i answer that do you just knock it he's like looking at me covered in water he's like are you okay i'm like i'm fine let's just keep the interview going <laughs> that's fantastic I forgot what point I was making. I think I was talking about Astrobot, Astrobot being boxed is in. Good. How, yeah, oh, I, could, I was going to say, I Team Asobi, I think, has room to grow with another franchise, too, if they did want to make something that didn't want to be boxed in like that. That's honestly that what I'm hoping point. they do. Like, I, I th- as much as I would love to see Astrobot Rescue Mission 2, um, yeah, like, I don't know. I kind of, well, I hope they do both. I hope that we see a, a sequel and then that we also, like, get them to do something new you know i'm always a sucker for like whatever your new idea is even if it ends up being bad i'm like you can always just run it back like i mean it reminds me of what 
and I'm not saying they did it for this reason, but like, you know, to make a comparison, like night school doing, you know, after party, but then, mm-hmm. oh, and now it's free too. I'm like, there's always time to go back and, and try something to continue a established franchise. Um, there's not always time to make something new. But yeah, I think yeah. that one would be like super exciting for sure. Hold on one second. I got to explain it to Jen now. Jen. Yep. Health and welfare check to make sure, you know, I'm okay. <laughs> yeah, makes sense. Awesome. Uh, Janet, what's your closing trailer to end this? Speaking of new, we already talked about it somewhat in a negative light, but we're moving on. It's a new era for Ben Studio. We see what their new game is. Hmm. Maybe just that. like a small, a small trailer, maybe. Because like, I think one thing that's great, like one thing I really enjoy from showcases and presentations is when they provide that like little fulcrum that's taking us from the present to the future where it's like okay we gave us more info on what's coming up down the pipeline what we can get excited about and then a little hint of what that next thing is going to be so i think ben studio's new game being that uh, would make a lot of sense and even though they haven't really like given me a lot of reason to think that they're even close to ready to showing anything for it i think the fact that they're casually like bringing it up in like these very intentional interviews that are like on the playstation blog from it's always weird there's an interview on the playstation blog because it's like okay well obviously it's just the stuff you wanted to say but even them just kind of casually bringing that up i think says that well one they're working on it and two that you know i think they could be far enough along to show a little something yeah i yeah, that'd be interesting too yeah i would hope i'm excited to see what their new ip is i wonder how far out it is and when you would tease it but yeah even if it was just a incredibly quick teaser that could be cool yeah for me like i, I they're still very early, it seems like, from reports we've gotten of what they're working on. But I do like the idea of getting just a hint of it in the way that six months after PlayStation announced partnering up with Kojima, he was already ready to show the trailer for Death Stranding. I think that sort of thing uh, could be cool, especially for the for the fact of being able to, to point to things that are far out, but exciting and new and being able to tease something with just a random trailer and have us go, what the fuck is that? Okay, Ben Studios is working on this weird space game all right let's stay tuned to see what this is i think i think there's something to that that could be awesome as a as a uh, closing trailer at a psx well there you have it, ladies and gentlemen that's psx 2021 if it happens even though we're not holding our breath for it to actually happen <laughs> blessing greg what playstation updates do you have for me this week i don't have anything big all i have is the abandoned well, thing no, going kev <clears throat> Kevin, it's been a while since you directed the show. We haven't, we haven't done, P- we haven't done PS5 watch since before the PS5 came out. You have to do that. Some of us are still looking for it though. What's going on? <laughs> the PS5 watch, watch is now just watch, like, where can watch. I get it? Actually, uh, what the fuck is this thing? Th- there is breaking news on that level. If you really want it, ladies and gentlemen, I saw people in our chat talking about it, and I did see it on Twitter as well. That uh, if you check your email, some people are getting emails from PlayStation saying like, "Hey, you're, you're like, you're a dedicated follower or whatever. Like, we're giving oh, you a I've chance to this. get it." <laughs> Wait, oh, like that. The, what I've seen is people ordering discless PS5s and getting no, no, the upgrade for free, free upgrade. Now. Yeah, yeah, I saw that too. I'm looking at this. Uh, yeah. Patrick D's, of course, one of the FCF owners, tweeted, uh, "Hey, game friendos, PlayStation Five sent me this today, but I don't need a, another PlayStation Five. Does anybody need it?" And it says, "Confirmation: Your exclusive invitation to order a PS5 console. Congratulations, oh, you've wow. been selected. We're pleased to extend this exclusive invitation." And I saw some people over here getting it. Why is getting a PS5 like getting a golden ticket in Willy Wonka in the Chocolate Factory? Or like, why is it like escaping the Hunger Games? Why does it feel like a raffle? It's too dang popular, you know? Mm. 
I feel a little spotted yeah. that they've never sent me one of those emails. Like, did anyone else like, oh, surely they'll hit me up. And I'm just like crickets. I'm like, maybe it went to my spam filter or something. But <laughs> I didn't want no, it No, the anyway. truth is they saw my name and they just kept on scrolling. Like, that's what happened. I also like the idea, too, of like people getting these emails, which seems like really random and late. Can you imagine if they just never sent them off? Like, hey, did you guys, did you ever hit send on those invitations? Oh, invitation? fuck. Oh, <laughs> that was me? sitting on this giant thing. I thought that was you. I thought you, when you asked, you were, like, letting me know that you had done it. I didn't know you needed it done. Okay, my we bad. we got a warehouse just... full of PlayStation 5s that have just been sitting there over the last six months. Uh, so for the ab- abandoned thing, right? Like, we talked about it a little bit on, on KFGD. And basically, the thing I want to know from you guys is, like, where you at with Abandoned uh, to catch people up, right? Abandoned was this game that was revealed on the PlayStation block a few months ago. They, they, they talked about it being a this first-person horror game. Uh, screenshots honestly didn't look that great, but the thing that happened was that people got it, uh, or people started assuming and predicting that it was going to be a Hideo Kojima game. And they quickly after that, the Abandoned folks quickly after that were like, sorry, no, this is not a Hideo Kojima game. This is us just working our own independent game. We talked about it back then. And we were like, oh, that sucks for this independent developer. Last week, uh, they put out a tweet talking about, oh, yeah, we have an abandoned uh, app coming to PlayStation. And they start teasing the name of the quote-unquote real name of abandoned, I guess, being uh, a name that starts with S, ends with L. And people were looking at that and were like, uh, is this Silent Hill? Like, what the fuck is going on here? Since then, there's been a lot of connections, a lot of, like, connecting the dots of, oh, wait, if you translate the lead developer's name in Google Translate, it translates to Hideo Kojima. Oh, shit, it looks like, um, uh, uh, I'm trying to think of, uh, like, the trailer if app you has, take like, a lot of guy's name. vibes to it take his name and translate yeah as you were saying about it yeah the blue box uh is there is blue box studio but bb game studios like bb and death stranding uh uh, uh hideo had put up a image that had him with a blue box and yada 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 everybody going through it and doing a million different things we had a great kind of funny games daily where we just put on the tinfoil hat and went all the way through it but removed from it like they are still doubling down on it not being them and them trying to separate themselves from this messaging so like because like an hour ago they tweeted we wanted to answer the rumors one last time. We are a small indie studio with actual real people working on a passionate game. We want to do a live stream with a QA and uh, a in where you can ask all your questions and clarify every confusion and rumors. We just want to set expectations. Like, I feel like they were pissed off when it initially happened. Like, oh man, we worked on this game. We put it out and everybody thinks we're Hideo. But then it was this idea of like, wait, that actually got us a lot of juice. How could we do more with it? Then now it's just an unwieldy dragon where they've noticed like everyone talking about like, fuck, we're going to piss off everybody. Everyone is going to be furious when they do this. And also, I don't know if you saw this. Uh, they talked about the trailer app that we talked about the other day, right? That that's, yep. The trailer app will show you. It's going to be an app on PlayStation that shows all these different trailers, that does this thing. And it's supposed to be out uh, tomorrow, I think. They've now delayed well, it, it to it, the 25th. Yeah. It's like, delayed man, I can't. I don't know what the hell's going on over there. It's starting to seem. I wanted to believe on Friday, and I still would love to believe. But, like, it doesn't work to be, like, on Friday, be like, it is Kojima. Ha-ha. And be like. Well, why the fuck did you say over and over again you weren't Kojima? Like, why wouldn't you have just been silent about it then at that point? Silent Hills. Silent, yeah. Hey, yes. Yeah, well, that's the, that's the other thing is that in the YouTube banner for their YouTube channel also, this is the image of Hills. And Hills, the Hills presumably looked pretty silent. Like, why? Were they know. silent? They looked, or? They, looked very, they looked fairly quiet. I read Hills are talking a, whole, a lot of shit lately. I read through a whole PlayStation Lifestyle article that was break, basically breaking down everything. And it is... It is mind-boggling, and it is either one of the greatest 
uh, devs taking advantage of people misidentifying their game, or there is for me, it's still a two percent chance of it really being Hideo Kojima, and this is going to lead to who knows, right? Could it be Silent Hill? Could it be just a random small Kojima project? Could it be the one of the things I saw was that um, this Blue Box Studios is apparently coming out of Amsterdam, and yeah. years ago it was announced that Kojima Productions was opening up an office oh, in Amsterdam. Amsterdam office, yeah. A lot of weird ass connections that. It, we're good. I guess we'll see later this week what comes of it. But my question for you guys is what do you want from Kojima, from a Kojima PlayStation partnered thing? You know, I, I know there have been reports that Jeff Grubb's been talking about how Kojima is doing something with Xbox, right? But like that wouldn't necessarily be an exclusive thing. If play, if PlayStation was to approach Kojima and be like, hey, we want, you, we want you to work on something new, would you want it to be a Silent Hills project like this or would you want it to be something else? Maybe just something new. And I feel like that's sort of, you know, if you think back to like Keeley's showcase, like a little bit of what he was hinting at, while also still supporting Death Stranding, because obviously that director's cut is uh, dropping and they kind of showed that off. But the way he discussed like his creative process and like what he was interested in, it's, it doesn't sound like that aligns with any previous projects like, you know, Metal Gear or Death Stranding or even Silent Hill. So I think it wouldn't, I think it would need to be something new. And two, I think I just like it to be something new. I don't think, you know, I think Death Stranding was like, obviously divisive for a lot of people um which i don't think is a bad thing with with creative projects but i think i don't think kojima has found what his next mainline thing is yet i don't think it's death stranding so i would like to see i would like him to take another shot at figuring out what that is sure yeah that's about it where it's like i don't I don't expect his next thing to be a Silent Hills kind of game. Like I just, and I, I thought again back to the Jeff thing of him talking about it and like trying to wrestle with what's really going on with the world and how do you put that into games is something he does. And so, what does that mean and where does that go? I don't know. Uh, you know, I think the easy answer, of course, blessing is Parasite Eve. Why doesn't he remake Parasite Eve? That would be the one that would be the one I think everybody wants really badly. Actually, yeah. I got something. Would- An FMV game is what I want, and I feel like he, you oh. know, has always expressed like his love of movies and like an FMV game is essentially like the combination of literally combining cinema with video games i feel like you know even though it goes to some head-ass places sometimes i'm a sucker for you know the storytelling that comes out of you know kojima's projects even when it ends up going not super interesting places or weird places like it's intriguing it's it's the number one thing people talk about from those games even when the gameplay is really good is the lore and the story so give him yeah i want to see an fmv game from him that's what i want if I could see an FMV game from anybody, I think it would be Hideo Kojima. You know, I think that I think yeah. that is a good poll. You know, when I think of good FMV games I've played, I played the one developer I think of is Sam Barlow, who did Telling Lies yep. and her story. And I think yep. Kojima could rock something like that in terms of hey, put together the narrative yourself, f- try and figure out like all the hidden Easter eggs, try and solve this story yourself. I think Hideo Kojima would, would rock the fuck out of that. Um, so I'd be totally down for that. I would like to see something horror from kojima and that could be silent hills it could, it could be something else that's not silent hill um but i think he that's something that he's flirted with a lot the idea of doing horror and you see some horror elements in death stranding i would like him i would like him to do a smaller project that is straight up a hey this is a six hour game or an episodic thing and it is straight up me doing the thing that i wanted to do but finding a new way to do it and scaring uh like ter- terrifying my audience in all the ways that i that i love i think that would be a really cool thing for kojima to do otherwise team up with blue point bring back metal gear play oh, PlayStation, get get that even. back from konami you know marry them up blue point hideo kojima and give me what i want 
the thing that sucks is that that's what I want. I don't think that's what Kojima wants. <laughs> I don't think Kojima wants to go back to Metal Gear, but I would love it. That'd be awesome. Now it's time for PlayStation picks. Of course, this is where we highlight a few of the cool-looking games coming to PSN this week. Uh, the big hitters being The Legend of Mana remastered coming to PS4 Thursday, June 24th, and then Scarlet Nexus coming to PS5 uh, and PS4 on Friday, June 25th. Uh, but for the actual picks themselves, I'm starting off with one uh, that, uh, before I even mention it, I saw some scathing reviews on Twitter about this one. And so maybe <laughs> <laughs> we'll get a little talk about it. Dungeons and Dragons Dark Alliance for the PS5 and PS4. That's coming out Welcome Tuesday, to June 22nd, uh, 2021. The world of Dungeons and Dragons comes to life in an explosive action brawler filled with real-time combat and dynamic co-op. Play as iconic D&D heroes and join up to three other friends to battle legendary monsters, earn powerful gear, and unlock new abilities to take on even bigger challenges. Greg, yeah. you've been playing this game, haven't you? Yeah, I, so this is one uh, just when they announced, like, or not even announced, when they sent out codes for it, like, or code requests. Co-op, you know, a looter. Is, is, I was like, yeah, this sounds like something I love, obviously, is I love Diablo and stuff like that, and even some, like, Minecraft dungeons, right? The idea of just getting into a game, beating the hell out of enemies, getting better stuff, going through, even Outriders to a certain extent, right? So, yeah, they sent a code. Uh, I'm heads down on another redacted review that I can't talk about, and so it was definitely one of those, okay, cool, I will jump into this and uh, when I can. And so last night when I sat down, I was like, you know what? I've made pretty good progress on this review. I can do a level of this to play it. And uh, I put it on and jumped into it. And whoo boy, it is rough. It is a rough game. I, oh, I, I did. I had extra codes because uh, it's four player co-op. I sent them to uh, uh, Joey and Lauren. And I was like, you guys usually play these things and talk about them on our shows too. Like I wouldn't describe this as a good game. <laughs> <laughs> but it is a co-op you could have fun for a night and smash the shit out of him i would not pay for it i don't, I don't know if they're i don't know what they're selling it for like it is rough like you know what i mean it's that thing where like mm -hmm. your character's running and it doesn't even it, there's no even trying to joke you can't even like squint your eyes and be like oh my character is really connecting with the thing you kind of you feel like you're skating as you run right and like oh yeah you're it's a hack and slash you know you're you're slashing away and beating things up or whatever and the combat it, like the moves and stuff and the combos and the stabbies for the you know i'm doing the dual daggers or du dual sword guy like they are hey, you saw them right there uh they look good and when you're locked on and fighting something they can feel good but if you're not locked on it's fucking annoying as hell to try to fight because you just like blow past people and the cameras a struggle to move and it's like from the jump turning it on like and getting into the world there's like this uh, uh rod in the ground and this like cape and the cape is like moving at like 10 15 frames a second and i'm like oh no <laughs> but then like the game itself and the character himself it doesn't look bad or stuff as you go through it is this i haven't seen anybody's reviews of this is that in line with what you're seeing i'm just like well okay the, so i added this to the playstation picks over the weekend because i usually pull them pull them in uh yeah beforehand and that was before i saw anything of it and like usually the goal for playstation picks is to pick games that look like they're going to be cool games that are coming out this week and when i woke up the one tweet i saw was from skill up who's uh a reviewer oh, that I, I like YouTube, yeah yeah, yeah I, I watch skill up all the time and skill up's tweet says dungeons and dragons dark alliance is the worst game i've played this year and it's not even close 
Nice. So I read that wow. and I was like, oh, that's a, that's a PlayStation pick. But are you <laughs> so, playing enough bad games, though, is my question for skill up. Because that could be how, true. And I mean, I, mean, I still believe that the game is How many platforms is he farming in shitty games? Because I can definitely speak to some shitty games I've played this year that are way worse. But again, I wouldn't recommend this game by any stretch of the imagination. <laughs> I want to say Nec- uh, I want to say um, skill up also reviewed Necromunda uh, Hired Gun, which was a game that I was looking forward to, but that ended up getting a five out of ten from IGN. Gotcha. Uh, and yeah, it looks like he did. He he did um, uh, review it, but it looks, also looks okay. Like so he's in. It. He's deep entrenched in the whack culture, so he can he can speak with authority on it. I got it. Yeah, it was funny playing oh, it because yeah. yeah, it was that it was that thing of playing it. I'm like, all right, cool. Like, uh, you're like it's one of those like on paper you can see where this game would be interesting, right? Of like four player co op, uh, different character classes, you know, play through, get loot. Um, it's got the whole like um minecraft dungeons outriders you name it right of like okay even once you've beaten this thing like you can replay it at a higher difficulty for better loot as you're playing through you have these uh periodic like places you can rest and it's it's an either or situation where you can rest and you know refill your stamina and refill your health kits and stuff like that to use or you can ignore it and your loot your, your loot rarity will go up so you're getting better stuff as you play through it or whatever and it's like all right yeah and then you start playing then you get to like jumping or something like oh this just doesn't it feels like an unreal demo that somebody's learning how to play a game or learning how to make a game. I should say not play a game, but it wasn't like I wasn't falling through the world broken kind of thing. Right. It's it's, it reminds me a lot of those weird double a games, which I'd expect from a dungeons and dragons, dark Alliance getting, you just popped out. Right. It was just like of the, th- the PS three, three generations are just like, Oh, here's some game that's out. Okay, cool. And you're like, it's not great. It's not good, but it's not the worst thing in the world. Yeah, it looks like Skill Up on YouTube actually did like Necromunda Hired Gun, but I looked up Balan Wonderworld Skill Up to see maybe, maybe he reviewed that, and he didn't. And so maybe he's not out here playing bad games. Maybe Jan is on to something. You know, Gotta play worse games. Job, it you helps didn't. balance out the floor. Skill Up, if you're listening to this, play worse games. You can't <laughs> so I can have... really judge this Dungeons & Dragons thing. You can't have the sweet without the sour. You gotta play some shit games sometimes. <laughs> like, yeah. You know what? This game is pretty good. You gotta play keep you humbled, you know? Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Up next, we got Out of Line, which is coming out on PS4 on Wednesday, June 23rd, 2021. A unique adventure game filled with beautiful puzzles, all hand-drawn in an original 2D style. Out of Line follows the adventures of San in a quest to escape the factory that was once home. Dive into a story set in a mysterious world that is revealed through multiple chapters. <laughs> I love that description. They just described what the story was. Um, but yeah, this is one it's a puzzle game. Look pretty cool. I like the art style. Um, and yeah, that's coming out again Wednesday, June 23rd, if that speaks Ooh. to you. You see here, he's opening a path. To freedom? To freedom. To freedom. Yeah, he's like doing a spear thing. He just threw a spear so he can climb up on it. He's pulling rocks. A lot of inside puzzle solving elements here. A lot of inside stuff going here. If you like inside, you look into this one. And then lastly, we got Fallen Knight coming out on PS4 Wednesday, June 23rd, 2021. Take the role of an elite knight and battle your way through action-packed levels with intense sword-fighting gameplay in this neoclassic side-scrolling action platformer. Save the city from a deadly terrorist organization hell-bent on exposing the truth you are sworn to protect. Did, did gameplay okay. even show up for that one? Oh, here we go, here we go, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, this one looks like more of a fast action game has almost like a Mega Man aesthetic, but you're using a, a like a melee sword, like a beam sword type thing. Fast paced. Uh, looks like it could be fairly fun to play. And there well, you speaking go. Speaking of fairly fun to play, I want to talk about what you've been playing. Janet, what have you been playing? I've been playing uh, Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart. Uh, and I have been playing Chicory, A Colorful Tale. Um, I'm only four hours into each, which is okay. like a fun place to be at comparison wise. 
Uh, Ratchet and Clank, super beautiful. Having a decent time with it. That's good. Yeah. Having a decent time. Man, you jacked. Okay, here's the thing. Here's the thing. thing. If I'm being really honest, like I just don't know where I land yet on like what I would give it, I guess, you know, and obviously I'd have to see it through. And I do plan on beating it. Um, so I'll probably have more thoughts as like time goes on. Um so far, you know, I've been charmed by the without you know, spoiling it, the different characters you meet. I'm like, oh, this is like this person, cool. But I think the big difference, like comparing these two vastly different games, because for those who don't know, Chicory, A Colorful Tale is a painting game. Like you walk around, you're trying to bring back color to the world. Uh, You play as um, not Chicory, you play as like Chicory's like janitor, basically, because Chicory, I believe, is the the wielder of the the brush and you basically pick up the brush and take on those tasks, Uh, which I love when games set you up as like not really the hero who becomes the hero. I think it's a fun little um, little twist but the thing that the stark difference between these two games at least like you know story-wise and you know subsequently pulling me into the world and getting me invested is there's some really uh cute and interesting little story things that happen with ratchet and clank but when they do it's like i meet someone and i'm like oh this is surprising and then i continue and i, I kind of forget about it uh in chicory like i'm constantly intrigued by what i'll see next in a way that i'm mm. not quite with ratchet like sure. i'm still you know very like amused and you know joyed by what i see like seeing that you know again this is very early spoilers like that giant dinosaur thing i'm like oh that's so cool like it has the big bug eyes and like the way it runs at you like i'm like trying to take a a picture in photo mode but not get killed at the same time (laughs) like i'm i'm really charmed by that or seeing some of the things they do with like the side little areas where you're kind of like almost like mini game type areas if you've played the series you kind of know that type of like little puzzle solving stuff i'm like oh they they have an interesting twist here like i wonder you know how it's going to scale up but with chicory i'm just intrigued the whole way through and i am and i'm also constantly surprised so it's kind of doing this double work that's really resonating with me on a deep level and i think a lot of times when i come at these games and i'm like a little bit more lukewarm people are like man you're like lukewarm on everything like when do you the thing is like i play so much stuff and i'm sure y'all can at least to a degree relate with this i'm constantly stuff's constantly coming across my desk that is great like there are a lot of great games made every year and i'm playing them all the time so i will say there is a little bit of desensitization that comes with that but the the pro of that because sometimes people are like oh well it seems like you don't even you know like games i'm like the thing is the highs are so cool and i recognize them so much more deeply and immediately that i can tell when something like really sparks and really hits and is like okay this is special like i'm experiencing something that i have not you know felt before um and, you know, that's a really high ceiling and not every game is going to hit that. Um, for me so far, Chicory is kind of on that line. I'm I'm not I'm not going to say I'm shocked because, you know, people like Rebecca Valentine and Natalie Flores were singing this game's praises. So I'm like, OK, I trust these critics. This is probably going to bring the sauce. But let me see for myself. And yeah, it's been in- incredibly joyful and interesting. Uh, it's kind of exploration wise. It reminds me of Link's Awakening, but without constantly getting lost and frustrated combat wise it reminds me of undertale without needing to be like extremely precise in this sort of bullet hell area so it's just sort of like knocking out the park on so many levels and i honestly i don't think i have one complaint about the game four hours in um the only thing i could think of is you can you know put on clothes on your character and uh you can't wear glasses and a hat at the same time that is my only criticism of the game um that is literally glasses and a hat it's my favorite no, I do. honestly <laughs> it sounds like i'm just like being cheeky but that is that is a bit of frustration if you wear glasses out there you know shout out to the folks who struggle with seeing because like i've been wearing glasses since i was nine and i never this understood <laughs> yeah right like when did y'all start wearing glasses also i always find Probably that around the same time i think it was when okay. i was i, I started wearing eyes? them when right, i was I nine you. but i didn't i didn't start wearing them consistently until i was 
probably 13, 14. You were like third or fourth grade, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That early elementary school was, you know, hit, hit, a, hit yeah. a lot of people hard. <laughs> but I got, I got a question about chicory because chicory yeah. is one I really wanted to try out. Uh, for yeah, it's not my radar for sure. Seeing seeing Rebecca talk about it, seeing Natalie talk about it, and seeing the review scores, which have been phenomenal for it, and knowing that the soundtrack is done by Lena Rain, it's speaking yes. to me on so many different levels. I yep. booted it up. I saw that it had co-op, and then I turned it off because I was like, oh, I might be able to save this to play with a friend. Have you tried co-op at all, or and would you uh, recommend playing co-op? I actually have not tried the co-op, unfortunately, but I sort of did, like, Google around for what it involves, and I think it just involves the other person painting with you. So, like, for those two might be, you know, unfamiliar, and admittedly, like, the trailers of this game, for me, I was in on this game because I love indies, it looked cute, and Lena Rain's involved. So I'm like, yeah, sure. Like, and I'll Who's obviously Lena play... Uh, Lena Rain she is the did- composer... Yeah, she go ahead. Blast, yeah, know ah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, among a bunch of other projects, but that's probably one of the more notable ones. Yeah. Um, and Lena does not. Sure. Yes, and Lena does not miss. Lena don't miss. So I'm like, okay, she gonna bring the heat too. Like, let's go. But I honestly didn't really know what this game was about, other than that you paint. I'm like, okay, like, and like, I don't know. But basically, like, what the bulk of the gameplay is, at least four hours in. I don't know how crazy it might change or twist. Is you're sort of walking around the world and you can paint. In the area, it's kind of like you're going through these different coloring book pages that are blank. Uh-huh. Um, and you can sort of it's it allows you to do what you want to do. So you can be as involved or uninvolved as you want to be in the painting. But the pro of like painting everywhere or painting most of the area is sometimes it might reveal something hidden. There are times where you need the paint for gameplay. Like, for instance, there's like a side quest where you need to find these cats that are in trees and you need to like paint over the trees to like shake them out. So I'm not saying that you like, oh, you could just not paint at all in this painting game. But it does allow for that freedom. Then there's also a layer of this game that's very much like the indie game art school. If anyone's played that where you get these painting prompts, um, like you know this is like a very very light experiential spoiler but early on you get to paint like a shirt they're like oh we need you to design this shirt because like the world went black and white can you do this and you do and then you get to leave and wear the shirt you can also change it later if you don't like the design so um there's you know that kind of becomes obvious once you do like one or two instances of those that like what you paint and design actually becomes part of the world which makes you further more engrossed um yeah and it's just like one of those games where like I might mess around and like platinum this honestly because I'm enjoying like walking oh, wow. around and finding the different like you can find like different presents and they might have like some gear and you can wear that gear or maybe that gear is for like a side quest you have and like the characters like the NPC characters are so well written and it has like these multiple like dialogue speech bubbles going where you can talk to people over and over again. I think they also do a great job um, tutorializing the game where a lot of the tutorialization is through just dialogue with different characters. So it feels very old school in that sense. So yeah, it's just a good, it's a good adventure game. And I think the only people that might not like it is if you're really like, you know, for lack of a better term, bitter about the idea of like painting, like you're not interested. I you know, hate like, I want to design. I don't want to design the donut. Like if that really, you're like, I, I don't care. But even then I would still encourage you to like, if you know, you're cool with obviously spreading, spreading the, the money on it, giving it a try because it is, I think it does cool allow you not too hard on that. But yeah, I was going to text you actually blessing. Cause I was like, did blessing play this? Because I don't, and I, and then I'm not going to lie. Like, this is like, maybe this makes me sound like a creep, but I like, didn't want to just ask you if you already had already played it. And did like, you look at my trophies. No, I, that would have been oh, easier okay. to fucking do. I went on Twitter and I was like at blessing 
chicory hashtag chicory and i'm like did he i'm like he had to play you this like because number. i know but like i didn't want to like i didn't want to be text- i didn't want to text you and be creepy i just went yeah. on twitter and well, here's, the thing. here's the thing you wouldn't have known that i did that if i didn't tell you just now but i'm you know when you talk mm-hmm. as much as me you eventually tell everyone everything so that's yeah. the that's the flaw and like the but it was more so i'm like well maybe you tweeted about it and I, I can just kind of save save the trouble and then i just kind of was like ah blessings got out of the game it's got to play i'll get back to it but yes it's it's fire. It's one of uh, definitely one of the better games I've played this year. I think it's not too crazy to say it's probably going to be in my top five, if not like on the high end of that top five. I can't wait to play this. I cannot wait to play this now. It hits. Dude, Everybody who's heard this play on my this list game forever loves it. Like, I, I, when I first saw it, I tried to go out and get codes for it. And by the time they came through, we were, I think I was already at E3 or getting ready to go to E3 or whatever. I was in the throes of E3. So I've been champing at the bit for it. And then you had to see how it's taken off. It's crazy. All right. Sorry, I felt like I, I talked over you in the no. beginning, bus. Is that like it? <laughs> no, it was I like, thought we were doing pregnant pause. I, I was in it. I was like, oh, shit, I'm not going to say anything. No, you did. Just reflect on it for a second. Yeah, like, digest. Yeah. Blessing, I want to get you guys out of here, but I, I do want to know the one game you want to talk about that you've been playing that speaks to you when I say uh, the one, The one game, oh, man. Okay. Right? I'll Rough. talk about uh, uh, Guilty Gear Strive. Guilty Gear Strive, because that's the one that I've been obsessed with for the last two days. But I do want to give a shout out. I did play Final Fantasy Kill Chaos. That's the title now. It's No More Stranger Paradise Final Fantasy. It's Final Fantasy Kill Chaos. That's the title Kill we're rolling with it. And I also want to give a shout out to Knockout City. I am addicted to it. I have now played over 40 hours, and I, there's no sign of me stopping. I am Sapphire ranked in solos, and I'm ranked in teams. Dude, I am fucking in it. I am I in it. Knockout City. And I, I don't see any it. sign of stopping. Um, but speaking of games, I'm in. Guilty Gear Strive. I am very into it. Uh, I started playing it yesterday. I actually streamed it uh, over on my Twitch channel. And uh, just as like a, I want to get better at this game. It's my first time playing a Guilty Gear game. I played uh, a lot of Dragon Ball Fighters, which is also from Arc System Works. And I was hoping that some of that skill would translate. And, you know, I wouldn't say any of that skill necessarily translated as directly as I thought it would have. But fi- fighting game skill overall, I think, did translate pretty well. Because by the time I, I finished my stream, I felt like I was I felt like I had a pretty good understanding of how to play Guilty Gear, which is, okay. I, I think, pr- a pretty impressive thing to say about this game that I've always viewed as a more hardcore fighting game. I don't know why. I've just always had this veil of... Man, Guilty Gear seems like it could be really difficult to get into. Um, but actually playing Guilty Gear Strive, the thing that I was met with was the game being super beginner friendly and being super accessible and easy to get into even even though i've been playing a character named ramlethal valentine who is this character with two big floating swords that are held up by these demons and you send the swords and like of course you have to like go reclaim your sword if you want to keep fighting with it uh ramlethal is a very it seems like a very technical character compared to a lot of the other characters that's the character i've been rolling with from the start of playing guilty gear and i've been surprised by how easy it has been for me to understand that character and get acclimated and understand some of the strats and i think part of that is the game super easy to get into but then also the chat was very uh when i was playing on the stream the chat was very helpful in terms of teaching me like hey you know when you send out your swords willy-nilly you then become more vulnerable so you want to hold on <laughs> to your you send them out willy-nilly like <laughs> When you send them out all willy-nilly, you want to also like corner your your the 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 opponent when you have the swords and all that shit. They're 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 they were really giving me good tips, and that's the thing I love so much about fighting games is it's almost like in the way we talked about Bloodborne in January when we did the Bloodborne podcast where we uh, talked to the community, you talk to people who know how to play, and people are very willing to uh, 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 
I guess Sherpa you through it and really sure. really guide you and help you get through it. That's the thing I love about finding games most is that people are super uh, helpful with that type of stuff. And uh, ever since yesterday, I've been playing it nonstop. Played it uh, earlier this morning before shows, which is a thing I don't do as often. Usually when I'm when I'm about to go on a show, I like to get in the dock and make sure that everything's in order. But I, I had that 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 thirst for playing more Guilty Gear. The game looks beautiful. It is one of the best looking games i've played just in terms of art style and presentation there is so much going on to it uh, going on in it and it's very um reminiscent of dragon ball fighters if you've ever seen dragon ball fighters being played in earlier guilty gears as well where the art style just seems too good to be true and if you're not a fighting game person i think a uh, better comparison might even be Cuphead, where it's like, how the fuck did y'all pull this off? How can it something look <laughs> this good and, and, and this crisp at the same time? And yeah, Arc, Arc System works. They know what they're doing in terms of our style. They absolutely knocked it out of the park. The character, the different characters and the personalities and their gimmicks all seem very fantastic. I'm very into it. The character roster seems super cool. I'm excited to keep playing it. Um, and yeah, it's a very fantastic game. If you've had, if you if you are either on the fence about it or you are looking for just another fighting game to play or you want to get into a fighting game, I cannot recommend Guilty Gear Strive enough. I'm having a blast. Ladies and gentlemen, that's Guilty Gear Strive. And P.S. I love you, XOXO, episode 75. Welcome to the family, Janet. Yeah, thanks for having me here. Of course, ladies and gentlemen, uh, P.S. I love you, XOXO, is kind of funny. PlayStation podcast each and every week, uh, blessing me. And now, sometimes, all the time, we're figuring it out as this part-time ramp up to her taking over. Janet is here to hang out with us and talk about all things PlayStation. If you like that, head over to patreon.com slash games where you can be part of the show. You can get the show ad-free, and you can get the post-show we're about to do all on patreon.com slash games. However, if you have no bucks to toss our way, it's no big deal. You can head over to youtube.com slash kind of funny games uh roosterteeth.com and podcast services around the globe each and every week tuesday 6 a.m pacific to get a brand spanking new episode until next time it's been our pleasure to serve you <laughs>